Welcome, everybody. Episode 235, 245 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm well. Corey. Uh, the intro song, that was Math the Band playing us in with the song Bigfoot. Uh, thanks again to them for many years ago for letting us use that as our as our theme song. If you're, if you're new to the podcast, it's Math the Band. Um, today's topic is going to be the mobile game, Clash Royale. First time in po- our four and a half year podcast history that we've been covering a mobile game as our main topic. Uh, it may be the last time. Who knows? I feel kind of dirty. <laughs> you should. How about you guys? You should feel dirty. Yeah. Uh, I don't feel dirty at all. You don't feel dirty? Yeah, I feel a, a little dirty covering a mobile game. And uh, if you're tuning in expecting uh, us to talk about mobile games regularly, if you did a search for us, this is not the show uh, where you get, you'll get you get a lot of mobile game coverage, other than mostly hatred. I think, That's not fair. What? Me and Eric... Oh actively hate most mobile games i talk about mobile games i know you do i'm saying me that's why i said me and eric yeah for the most part right so that's our main topic does anyone have anything you want to tease i do let's hear it i played grim dawn grim dawn oh you did the action role-playing game suggested by a listener kyle yep i believe it was kyle right I'll talk about that quite a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Diablo, another Diablo hack and slash loot hoarding mm-hmm. game. I'll talk about that later. Very nice. Will, anything to tease? Uh, other than Clash Royale, I mean, I played Stardew Valley. Uh-huh. Um, I think that was it. I might have played some things here and there. If that comes to me, I'll talk about it. But Yeah, we'll definitely be talking a little more Stardew Valley. I played quite a bit of it, and I'm sure Corey did too. Right, Corey? That's right. All right. Uh, so let's get into the main topic, uh, the game Clash Royale. Uh, it's by Supercell. If you've recognized their uh, kind of artwork, it's from the Clash. Is it Clash of Clans? That yep, the Clash of Clans. Characters are from. I know nothing about Clash of Clans at all, so I don't know like what characters they took from that uh, for Clash Royale. But I yeah, guess... no, it's all stuff from that universe. Uh, I played Clash of Clans like when it was fairly new. Uh huh. So a lot of this stuff to me is like completely new. Like a lot of the characters, like I recognize the barbarians and a lot yeah. of the the goblin characters. But other than that, like most of these, I don't know. Like the hog rider and the pekkas and okay. minions. The uh, outstanding IP that is Clash series. <laughs> Clash, Clash series. Uh, so, what, is there any similarities? Well, I have no no idea what what Clash of Clans is about. I know we're talking no. about Clash Royale. I just wanted to. No, so Clash of Clans is like it's the one where you build up a base okay. uh, and collect resources and stuff like that, and then you can like build an army, and then like you tap on the screen like um, for them to spawn, uh-huh. uh, and you raid the other person's base that they have set up in their defenses. Okay, that also has a competitive online. Oh yeah, there's it, right? yeah, there's like clan wars and stuff like that. Uh, it's I'm in a clan that does clan wars. I don't get it, and I don't play Clash of Clans at all, so like I don't participate, but it's pretty big. It's the, it's one of the biggest mobile games that we've seen, I think, in my opinion. I mean, in their defense, I guess at least it's somewhat original. They didn't... They didn't uh, uh, King.com rip off other games and or copy their own games and just put a slightly different skin on it. Right. Yeah, like I don't seem to remember a like remember any other game that I played that was like that yeah. at the time. And yeah. this was like when I was a sophomore in high school, like right. I played this. Okay. 
yeah, well, let's get into Clash Royale. Um, let's talk about the gameplay first. So the way it works is you go into each mac- match with a, a deck of eight different cards. Uh, being whatever, that's kind of the card card game aspect of it. Uh, and each, uh, as, as you play the game, you have uh, slime, a slime meter. That's almost it's, like... Uh, it's called Elixir. Elixir, okay. I I haven't played in... It's well over a week since I last played it, so if that tells you it's anything. Another, it's something with like in the Clash universe. Like, okay, there, like, that, that's the thing. thing is. It's your resource meter. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, but depending on what, what cards you pick, they all have different uh, different elixir amounts. Like, uh, you can get an army of, like, four small skeletons. That's one elixir. Or a giant is, like, five, eli- five elixirs. Uh, and you, you know, tap on your, you get four cards at a time that pop up on your meter and you, you know, just swipe them up. Uh, and your goal, I guess, for the whole game is to destroy the other person's towers. Uh, they have three towers, two on the side and one like in the back in the middle. That's a big castle. Uh, and you have, you know, your side of the map and then the other side of the map. And the only way to connect the two different sides of the map to attack are these two little bridges with that kind of funnel everything together. So, um, yeah, your goal is basically uh, to wipe out the other other person's tower. Uh, you can win the game without actually uh, destroying the uh, the opponent's entire base as long as you beat them in the amount of crowns you get from destroying their towers. Uh, you can you can win the game. So uh, yeah, that's that's each, kind of the simplistic look at it. And each tower is worth one crown, yeah. so you can get a total of three crowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you destroy the king tower, uh, the, which is the one in the back, you get immediate three crowns. So. Right, which is hard to do without destroying at least one of them, right? Yeah, no, I've never, I don't, I've never done that because a lot of the things attack the first thing that's in front of it. Yeah. So um, there's like specific ones that don't, like the hog rider and giant, ignore uh, other minions and just yeah. go for the the buildings. So yeah, they all have a little bit of their own behavior that you ha- kind of have to be aware of um, mm-hmm. when you, when you're summoning your units. Um, yeah. Like, like Will said, the giants will just go and attack towers. They won't attack anything that's so, uh, you know, a good counter strategy to those things is just I, what I ended up doing was is summon a lot of cheap, like archers or spearmen uh, to try and take those things down. Cause they move slowly too. not the hog rider, mm-hmm. but the, the giant specifically. Yeah. Um, and if you could kill it before it hit your, hit your tower that was great uh and i usually did that with a bunch of smaller units so well let's get into some deeper deeper thought process here thought processes here because i know you've you've been playing quite a bit let's talk about some strategies and whatnot yeah i've been playing for probably a month now uh the game came out on ios in january so it's fair it's pretty new uh but i'm like just starting to get like deeper into the game Mm -hmm. So, like, what is it specifically you guys want to know? Like, deck building or yeah, strategy yeah, for... How, how do you approach a match with your specific deck? So, my specific deck here, I'll, even, I'll get it up right now. I usually play defensively uh-huh. to start out. I've, I'm in Arena 4 right now, which is, like, halfway through. There's eight arenas, and I've had a real tough time getting, like, out of that. So, the deck that I use is the Barbarians, the Goblin uh, Throwers... Arrows, normal goblins, musketeers, giant skeleton, and then I use a witch and a baby dragon. Uh-huh. So the barbarians are good for either defense or offense because it summons four like high hit point and decent damage barbarians. So basically what I do is when the other person drops a prince, which is the card that 
if it picks up speed, it does double damage, which is really good at sieging. So I put the barbarians in front of it, and it takes out the prince. I put it in front of giants too, for the, for those purposes. So I use it mainly defensively. Uh, and same thing with the goblin throwers. Uh, they are a low cost, uh, cheap defense, and good for pushing too. The arrow volley is like for taking out like a good Groups area of minions. Yeah. Of minions. So if there's like a big push going on and you can just put that in there and it'll generally wipe out all of the low cost minions that are in there, which is really helpful. May I interject? Yeah, definitely. The arrow volley you start with. Yep. Correct. There's there's do you start with eight cards, right? And then everything else is unlocked after that. Yeah, like, everybody starts with the baseline. I think it's, like, the goblins, the archers, the giant. Um, boy. I don't know what else. You get your own epic card. Because okay. there's different tiers of cards. There's uh, common, there's rare, there's epic, and then there's legendary. So there's a ton of different epics in the game. So everybody gets their own epic when they first complete, like, their t- the tutorial. Like, I got the witch. I don't know what you guys got. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember either. So I guess is there like a a better version of the arrow volley that you just haven't gotten yet? Uh no, you there just, you upgrade your your cards all have levels that you upgrade by unlocking yeah. more chests. Th- there's different cards like the arrow vi- volley like there's the fireball yeah. which does the same thing but it has like less of a It's more concentrated. Um, it doesn't have a yeah, big, well, as big a splash area. Yep, and it'll do more damage to towers and stuff like that. But, like, the big thing with this game is a lot of the cards are pretty viable from what I've seen. So, like, what you do is you just upgrade them. And you unlock, like, upgrade them by, like, if you get a chest in the game and you open it and you get, like, ten arrow volley cards. That way, like, if you hit the number that it says for you to level it up, you can level it up. Like, right now I need a hundred arrow volley cards to level it up. A hundred? I think six or seven. I don't know what I'm at. Well, but you get those pretty quickly because it's a common card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you like, know, if you open sorry. a chest, if you open a chest, you can get like ten of them all okay. at yep. once. I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but about do you know approximately how many total cards, different cards there are in the in the game? No, I can do a quick look though. No, because... go ahead and talk. I'll, I'll I'll look it up. I'm just curious. Okay. Uh, yeah, but there's there's a ton of different cards in there. There's a lot. I would say there's like twenty epics maybe around that. So. There's even more common and rare cards. Uh, in each arena, you get your own. You unlock a different set of cards. So, for example, the very first arena, you can get you get the arrow, the skeleton bomber, the archer, the knight, the fireball, the mini P.E.K.K.A., the musketeer, the giant, the prince, baby dragon, skeleton army, and witch. Then when you go up to the next arena, you get the goblin throwers the normal goblins the goblin hut the valkyrie um lightning and then the goblin barrel and as you go up in arenas like you unlock like different epic cards which can be used however however you want yeah 48 cards currently 48 cards yeah i'm I'm curious uh what's gonna happen when they want to add more cards to the game (laughs) it's because it's gonna slow down the leveling up of your cards right what I I don't know their exact strategy for this, and I don't know how they've handled it in the past because I haven't been there when they've added new cards. Um, but people data mind that there's two new cards coming. I'm pretty sure. Mm. So I don't know how they will handle that. I think they'll just put them in the appropriate arena. Oh, that, okay. 
that they think like that where you like should be able to unlock that card. So people that are above that already will already have the like prerequisite of the like playing through that arena to unlock oh, it. Okay. Cuz you can unlock any card at any time. Like you don't have to go back in arena to get it. If you do go back in arena, it'll eliminate all the cards that are like so say I wanted an arena 3 card but I'm in arena 4. If I got demoted to Arena 3, all of the Arena 4 cards would be off limits, and I would only get Arena 3 and down. So, like, you can do that to farm those cards, but you do unlock them from chests just in general. So, if you're in Arena 4, you won't get Arena 3 cards? You will. You will get any card card below your tier. Gotcha. Okay. So, when you're in Arena 8, you can get any card in any, any chest. So, it'll be like your lowest like possible way of getting um any cards unless like percentage wise at least yeah uh, um yeah so like a good way for to build a deck in my opinion for this game is to have somebody who's good at sieging so that would be the giant the giant skeleton the prince the hog rider mini, uh, is mini another card Mini Pekka I was a big fan of the Mini good. Pekka. I used that for up until Arena 4. Uh, I just hit a wall in Arena 4, and I'm still at the wall. I think I've been playing in Arena yeah. 4 and 3 for, like, two weeks at this point, and I just can't, like, break through. Yeah, so I've been I, switching up my deck a lot, and it's just not working. I was in the, I was in the same boat, Will. I was, ha- I was actually doing really well for the most part until I hit Arena 4. Um, but when once I hit Arena 4, I got to the point where... Because because I was you know I I think playing relatively well my level was a lot lower than everyone else's that I was playing because I was level four because uh, I had had some success and, but my trophies were putting me up against people that were six and seven so I yep. would I would fight people who had like a thousand more hit points on their towers than me uh, sometimes yep. fifteen hundred or whatever uh, and way better cards than me and I just I wasn't having any success and it was just a waiting game waiting for chess to unlock. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah. What, what, that's my frustration. See, uh, because I I really did actually enjoy the the strategy and actually playing part of of Clash Royale. It's the uh, the money grabbing part that that turned me off to it. And I, like I said, I deleted it about a week ago, and I haven't even thought about it since. Just because that part of it was so frustrating. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Yeah. Now, before you go, you go, Corey. I did want to say that Dan, I had the same exact experience. I think I lost like three or four games total from Arena One to Four. Mm-hmm. I just blew through everybody. I got a, like most of my wins were three crown wins, and I was like, "Hey, I'm pretty good at this game." And yeah. I know some people did, like that are stuck on Arena Three. Yeah. Like some people are stuck on Two. Um, some of my friends didn't progress as quickly as I was, so I was like four going into Arena Four, and I had the same issue. Yeah. I just got my clock cleaned. And then people, like, they, they rub it in with the stupid emotes. It's like, I'm three levels lower than you. Like, what do you what do you want I, from me? I got uh, somebody three-crowned me, and then after he did that, he put the emote thanks. Yeah. Oh. I wanted to punch him. Apparently so. you guys haven't played enough Hearthstone. No. I. Well, that's one of the reasons <laughs> no, I, why I didn't like Hearthstone. Well, well I think it's reasons. I think emotes are, uh, limited emotes are better than full Sure. Chat. Sure. Yeah, like, if there was a chat bubble, like, somebody can say, like, I hope you die, or I'm going to kill you, or something like that, like, threatening me, or be, I would just shrug it off. But the fact that, like, <laughs> somebody does the crying emote to me when Wise they ass. take my tower, like, I'm, this is probably the stupidest game, but I get so mad at it. 
Yeah. And it like I'll give you a scene for this. I was at my friend's house. I was at Evan's house for those who know. And it was me, him, and another person playing Clash Royale with his girlfriend sitting there. Um, and we were all like yelling and like punching our legs and like throwing pillows against the wall while she was watching us like flip <laughs> out over a stupid mobile game, like a free mobile game. Nice. So that I, this game brings out the worst in me. That's for sure. It's, I mean, it's it's MOBA esque in how you play it, uh, mm-hmm. and and I could definitely see the MOBA like rage that you would get playing it. I yeah. don't even get mad at games that much anymore. Like it takes a lot for me to get like furious at a video game. I used to be kind of bad when I would play like Call of Duty online and stuff, and that was like when I was fifteen. But like this one just brings me back to the the hateful side. Yeah. Well, let's but get... I think it's it's because I'm not progressing, which we're going to get into now. Right. Yeah. Let's get into the, the to the you know back end of the game. Uh, like I said, the the part of the game that I really liked was the strategy and actually playing it. Uh, I thought that that part is is well done for for a mobile game. Um, so when you when you win a match, you get a chest to unlock, and there's silver chests, gold chests. Not it's not purple chests. It's like epic chest, right? It's uh, it goes giant and then magical, then super magical. I okay, think. yeah. So, and the the chest will unlock on its own if you give it a certain amount of time. Uh, so, if you get a silver chest, if you choose to unlock that, it's you have to wait three hours for it to unlock on its own, or you can use your uh, gems. I guess they're called to unlock yep, it. Gems. Um, yeah, they're 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 green gems, and you're given. I think you're given a hundred when you first start the game. Uh, you can get more gems through through when when your chest unlocks, and when your chest unlocks, that's when you get cards. You get gold to upgrade your upgrade your uh, to level up your your cards, and uh, also there's a store where you can spend gold to like buy more cards, uh, and that rotates. Uh, a gold chest takes eight eight hours to unlock. Um, after that, I don't know. I only ever, ever got one chest above silver. gold. Silver is three. Silver's three. Gold's eight. Which... Uh, yeah, giant is twelve, and 12. after that, I haven't gotten a magical or a super magical yet. Okay, yeah, I've only gotten twelve hour one, uh, and obviously the gem amounts increase. Like I think to unlock a silver chest right away, is it twenty gems? Oh boy, that might be. I'm not sure. Okay, uh, and then because you know, I, it goes I never up. open it early. So. Okay, um, but you only have four slots for chests, so if you get your four chests. Uh, and you're waiting for them to unlock, and you don't want to spend your gems, you wait. You could still play the game all you want, but uh, there's no reason to because you're not going to help yourself in any way. Um, uh, you know, they... other than uh, maybe working on some strategies or working on a new deck. Uh, but, like, if you, like, you know, I ran into the situation again where I was having some success in, in level or arena three, moved up into level four because of my trophies, uh, arena four. Uh, and and got my butt kicked. So there there are two other chests too. There's the free chest which you get every yep. three hours, where it actually gives you better cards than the silver chest because mm-hmm. I've never gotten an epic or that many rares from a silver chest. But all of my epics that I've gotten because I spent no money on this game, uh, I got from my free chest. And then there's a crown chest where if you get ten crowns from playing people who like destroying their towers and whatnot, you get a gold chest. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like the daily, I guess you could mm. say, because you get a new one every like is it twenty three hours or something like that. 
Uh, yeah, around that. I th- actually, it might be less now because they have done a lot of updates. Okay, might be twelve. But yeah, because after you, you know, after you get that, and if your ch- all your chest slots are filled up, like I said, there's no reason to to play the game really. You just wait. Now, a lot of people, because I've gone to the Clash Royale subreddit, yeah. and a lot of people are kind of complaining about that too. And somebody said, made the point that this game is sort of pay to win, yeah, but yeah. Supercell is getting a lot better at making it more um, not like that. Uh, they're slowly getting better, yeah. uh, which I'll take over it just not getting better. Yeah. A couple ideas that have been floated around that they might do is give you gold after a victory, so you're still like getting something, something which is yeah. a big big thing i was just gonna say a very simple fix for that would be to give every time you hearthstone does it every time you win three matches you get 10 gold yeah mm-hmm. every time every three wins or gems yeah. it doesn't have to be a winning streak or in this case gems to unlock your chest gems are gold yeah it's still it's getting more people playing a lot more you know increases your user base by a lot can you can still rank up though by playing yeah even if you have no yeah. room for chests yeah. right yeah but, but like dan said it doesn't do you any good you just end up playing harder people with the right. same cards yeah. Another thing that I think they could do is what Hearthstone does uh, is give you the opportunity to disenchant other cards for some sort of currency. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Doing dailies is another thing I thought of, like daily challenges. That's something that's easy that every free game at this point does. There's some things you can do. Uh, I, since like we're in a clan, Corey, you're not in the clan that me, Dan, and Eric are. But we like just play each other for fun which is it's not something that solves the not getting anything after your chest slots are full but it's something that's small that like will give you like a couple extra like battles i don't know if we, it, i don't know if we mentioned it too but you can buy gems with ge- gems with the real money yeah um, i don't know what the breakdown is but the low low price of a hundred dollars a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars i think is like ten thousand gems maybe yeah and how long will that last that? you if you were using them it would last quite a while, I think. I think it would. A week? You could blow through it really fast if you wanted. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're like me and a little bit uh, a little bit cheap, that would last me a very long time. I think, uh, I think it's hysterical. And the reason why I gave you guys such a hard time for gushing over this game initially was for that reason. Yeah. Like, I ran into that paywall the first day, and I'm like, I, I don't get it. Like, for people who have been so critical of mobile games for that reason, how is this the one that they're into i think it took me i think it took me like three days to hit the paywall and then i played it for another like three or four days after that now it's like man okay i'm done the paywall that you guys experience is much different from what i think is the actual paywall i think the four chest thing is not that there should be like rewards for like getting something after like playing that you have a full chest slots this like makes me stop playing which is a good thing because i just keep playing uh, which leads to one of my biggest complaints, which I'll get to in a minute. But the paywall for me is was Arena Four, where I can't do anything. Yeah, that's and I that's just, exactly my thing. You're not competitive unless you spend money, your actual money, to get gems to unlock your chests that you win. Yeah, like I'll play in Arena Four, get demoted to Arena Three, just destroy everybody in Arena Three, get back up there, get destroyed, go back down. And I did this for like two weeks, and I almost quit the game. But I started to make a little bit of headway. Like today, I got you need um, uh, 1,400 trophies to get to Arena Five, and I got to 1,300, and I was feeling good. But I made the big mistake to keep playing. 
<laughs> and just got I'm back down to like 1100. And what I figured out because a lot of people in the forums <sighs> were talking about this, which is my biggest complaint on the game, and I started didn't notice it. When you play after like you'll if you play less games, you're more likely to win. But the more you play, the more likely you're going to lose. And there's a couple theories for this. Oh, because... that's specific matchmaking. Yep. Well, one of them is you go up higher into the your arena tier, and yeah. like by the time you hit the point where you can advance, is like all the other people that are trying to advance. So you face like some pretty good people. But another one that I noticed was you start the matchmaking starts basing it off of cards that the other person has. So they, if you have a deck built specific like I did. I did not handle hut decks very well and spammer decks. So what that is, like hut decks, is like you lay down a hut and like minions spawn out of it repeatedly until the the card like ends up like break. Because uh, cards like defensive buildings and stuff like that only last like a certain amount of time before it just like gives up and just disappears from the map. Yeah. So if you don't attack the huts, like they keep spawning enemies and stuff like that. So eventually, if you don't take care of it well enough you have, like, a huge push, and you got to try and fight it back, and I didn't have the cards to deal with it. And I hadn't seen a hut deck for, like, a week and a half. I was, like, the deck that I changed to, I started, like, once I played after a certain point, I was getting all hut decks, and I was like, okay, so maybe that's just, like, something that happened, like, whatever. So I switched my deck to a uh, a pushing deck, which gets stopped by one card, like the skeleton army, because yeah. like the skeleton army spawns and it's just a ton of skeletons and they swarm your giants and stuff like that and your prince and they can't advance because there's so many of them. It's like 24 skeletons and they just kill your giant and you can't do anything about it. So it was that in defensive buildings. So when I switched to that deck, I immediately faced those cards that directly countered my deck. So I was like that. I think that's ridiculous. I always mop the floor with hut decks. I always because I I hated when I first encountered the hut decks. They they always <laughs> killed me. I was yep. like, I will do everything in my power to counter this. So I I, cra- I always craft my own things. Same thing with Hearthstone. Like I would rather do that than read someone else's build for their deck. Like I just prefer to figure that on my own. That's part of the part of the fun for me. So uh, I, I crafted my deck around the you know destruction of the hut deck, and I always like giggled when i saw people someone put out a hut right away fireball uh, yeah that's something that helps destroying cuts dan i do the same thing as you because i don't think the game is as fun if you just go online and be like oh what decks yeah. are good yeah um so yeah that's like something that's my biggest complaint i think it's like ridiculous that that happens so i'm not playing anymore today and then going tomorrow to see if i face the same the same stuff but I don't know. I feel like that's pretty cheap if that's what they're doing with the matchmaking. Yeah. Making you making like... you want to spend money to upgrade your own cards. To exactly. Unlock, and unlock I, I mean, I, I'm not a flawless player. I make mistakes on oh, there, yeah. and I know that. But I don't think I should win, I don't know, like six games and then lose nine. Hey, man, it's matchmaking. It's just the way it works. <laughs> you start winning, they start pairing you up against people that are going to make you lose. They beat you down a little bit. Yeah, it's just the fact that I'm face. I'm only facing decks that directly counter me because, like, oh, decks- Will Hearthstone does the same thing. I swear, there's more going on behind the scenes than they say oh, there is. Definitely, I, I play like I have a certain deck that I play for a while in in the ladder, and uh, eventually they just start matching me up against the hero who has the best counter with the best cards, like yep. cards that you never see in decks that people happen to have because yep. it's a perfect counter to what my deck is. Yeah, I, 
I think that's what they because you know how like the perfect matchmaking is fifty fifty mm-hmm. percent for like developers and whatnot. I think maybe that's how they do it. Yeah, for a game like Hearthstone and a game like this, could very well be. Pay no but, attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> no, it's just like keep playing and spend some money. <laughs> it's fine. And yeah, I, I, I joke that I, you know, because I have Google credit that I earn from doing surveys. Um, and I was, I had thought when I first started playing Clash Royale that I would spend some of it on Clash Royale, and I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad you didn't because I would have felt like I wasted it. No, no, it's no, you're. We're not doing anything. It's <laughs> fine. You just got to buy better cards. That's all. It's essentially free money, and I still wouldn't spend it on Clash Royale. But I have read that a lot of people online in the Clash Royale subreddit are like completely free to play in Arena Seven oh, sure. and stuff like that, and doing fine. You gotta have so, patience, like, though. Exactly. Definitely have to have the patience. Which I and don't. I'm not patient, but like I really still like the game enough that I'm gonna probably keep playing it, and I do like the whole clan aspect of it a lot. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun because you can donate cards to people who request them, which is another cool feature. So, like, you can level up your cards faster that way by, like, requesting. So that's, like, a lot of fun. That's kind of where you and I differ, though, Will, because I played it a lot less than you, but I didn't feel like what I played, it was a good enough game for me to be patient. Yeah. You know, to to wade through the grind. I, I played it, and I was like, okay, this is all right. It's just another mobile game. I'm not that into it. I I'm not going to play it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I actually I spent uh I spent today thinking I would have to argue with you guys about this whole thing. Uh, I spent today coming up with all the mobile games I've played and talked about on this podcast that I think are superior than Clash Royale. Well, let's hear them. You want me to read them all? Yeah, I'm curious. Maybe some of them. Uh just tell me when to stop. Super Hexagon, Puzzle Quest, A Dark Room, Mikey Hooks, Vainglory, Unblock Me, I Slash, Monument Valley, Rayman Fiesta Run, Tower of Fortune 1 and 2, Nimble Quest, Hoplite, Tactics Maiden, King Turn RPG, Downwell, Device 6, Republic, Space Team, 10 Million, The Room 1, 2, and 3, Knights of Pen and Paper, Infinity Blade 1, 2, and 3, and even games like French Girls, Draw Something, Quiz Up, Angry Birds, Cut the Rope, Where's My Water, Plants for Zombies, Trivia Crack, Heads Up, in words with friends. Okay, I was with you for like that first half of the list, but when you started getting into like the the other social games, I'm, I'm kind of I disagree with that. I'm gonna play those games over this game. I mean, I don't know. And there's even ones I haven't played, like Lara Craft Go, Ridiculous Fishing, Hitman Go, Desert Golfing, Temple Run, that I hear are pretty good. Lara Craft Go, Lara Craft Go is is good. I really like that game. I bought I bought it actually. I mean, I can't argue with you on your tastes of what you think is better compared to what I think is better. So, and I'm not even I'm not even counting the ports of you know the hardcore games. I'm yeah, just counting count. these mobile specific. Granted, some of these are on PC now, but all right. Other than the the paywall, what's not good about this game because it's a solid I, game. Otherwise, it's it it's it, it's okay. Like I don't have a huge issue with it. I just it's not worth it to me to have to do that grind. There's a ton of other games I'd rather play. I'd rather spend that time on one of them being Hearthstone. You know, I can play that on my phone. It's just as easy of a mobile game to play. I think Hearthstone's a lot deeper. I think there's ways to progress without you know having to wait for chests to open. Um. That's just one example. I mean, yeah. 
and and I think it is a different argument. Like we're not talking. It's hard to compare mobile games to like what's available on mobile, like PC. No, on on PC and consoles and stuff. Um, I think the mobile game appeals to a certain type of person for a certain type of situation, and I just think there are a lot better games that do that type of situation than Clash Royale. I think it's fine. I'm just, it's not, I didn't love it and I'm not going to play it. Um, I could see the appeal for some people, but I just think there's a lot better options out there. That's yeah. it. That's, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, it's like, I don't know. I can't, it's, it's the first mobile game that's gotten me to play a mobile game. Like even fallout shelter, which like I thought was fun. Didn't keep me for more than a week. I don't know. This is just like the first mobile game that I've been able to keep playing and I check every day to even if I don't play like more than one or two games a day, like I still check to see like what's going on within the clan chat and like donating cards to people and opening my chest even to like see what I got for the day. I don't know. I'm almost go ahead. Will. go ahead, Dan. I'm almost exactly like in between where you guys sit with it because I really did like the actual game and the gameplay and stuff. Um, but I'm with Corey, like a lot of that, a lot of the, the grinding and stuff and, and the, the, the free to play BS microtransaction stuff is made it not worth it for me to, for me to keep playing it. Uh, it was was an annoyance enough to, to keep me from playing it. I guess I'm a little different with it because I didn't, bother using my gems to open chests. that that was smart and I, if if anyone's interested in trying the game save your gems because right off the bat i used most of my gems to buy chests because that's what i thought that's what you did <laughs> uh and then once i ran out or came close to running out i was like well i didn't I use mine I, I wish i had known that off the bat it, I, there's just sort of like a strategy for me for like opening chests because like if i'm full and like say i'm going to like my biology lab that i'm going to be going to tomorrow i'll just like right before that activate a silver chest and by the time i finish it'll be close to unlocking and like before i go to bed i do my gold chest so when i wake up that'll be close to unlocking that's what i started doing so i just started opening chests when i knew i wouldn't be able to look at the app for like an hour or two yeah and that's just like and when maybe like i will use a gem if i'm like 10 minutes from it being done like maybe then i'll use my gem yep if you happen to be in the game yeah but like i still have like i used i got like over 200 gems or whatever because i'm completely free to play like i haven't spent any any money on it and like i used it to buy a chest i think and that was it was a uh i can't remember what it was might have been a gold chest i don't remember but like i did that and that was that was all right yeah okay i think that's everything right I have yeah, no... what's your favorite card, Will? Uh, it was the Witch for the longest time because it was like my first epic, and it like I think it's one of the more solid multi-use cards, which is nice. Uh, I really liked the Tesla. Uh, it's a lightning tower. That's mm. really good for me on defense. Saved my butt a lot. I used the Prince for a while, which I thought the Prince was the most overpowered card until I figured out how to counter it. Prince is OP. It was. Well, here's the thing. If I lose to something, it's overpowered immediately <laughs> as I'm punching my wall. Yep. So, like, like, I don't know. The stupidest cards, like the goblin spear throwers, could be overpowered to me one time if it, like, is used right. 
So I don't I don't know what like the the meta is for like what should be. I think the freeze card might be is what a lot of people say is overpowered. Meta. Is there a meta in Clash Royale? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is it's that been what, a... like what's the end game like? Is are, are people just running the same deck? Yeah. Let me see if I can. A little bit of can, luck. You can watch uh, matches of the the highest the... end players. Yeah. In the actual app, which I thought was Wait. neat. Which can be really cool. A lot of times it's just like defense until somebody screws up. Yeah. Um, a lot of the cards that are being used now are like the Freeze, Dark Prince, um, the Goblin Spear Throwers is a lot like one that's used a lot. So people aren't running full decks of epics. No, because that's not wise. You need to have like a good balance. Yeah. A good balance <laughs> is between three point eight average or three point five elixir used to like four point two. Oh, okay. Mine, you don't, mine is there a formula like, then? Like a mathematical formula, really? To, like to be the most effective? Yeah, like you don't, you want to have like cheap cost cards that are pretty good for defense and whatnot, or like to help with a push. So say like I'm pushing with like my baby dragon and my hog rider. I have like two elixir to put out my uh, my spear throwers. So mm-hmm. like I just put them out there and that's extra one to aid my hog rider from getting attacked from their like defensive units and it helps like destroy the tower. And it's also really good to lay those cards when you're getting attacked and you're like, "Oh crap, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stop this." You just throw down whatever you got. So like it's it's good to have a good mix between high cost elixir which are like your flashy cards that are going to like do a lot of siege for you and damage and whatnot and it's good to have the low cost ones that are going to be there to help you out in a pinch. Hmm. Interesting. I I'm curious to see where this game goes and what they do with it. I sort of think it's just going to keep getting better. I hope. Because I as I said I read that people within Supercell are trying to figure out to make it less like pay to win. Yeah. And I just feel like they're slowly going to try and try and make it better. That's me being hopeful. Who actually knows? Right. Okay. Any other thoughts? Um, no. Other than this game makes me violent. <laughs> yeah, it made me pretty angry a few times, too. Well, Did you I just want to throw something? No, it was more of a... <sighs> and, then, and, then, <laughs> and then close the app. <laughs> well i got that message like are you sure you want to do another match because it means nothing yeah message like that's right away. that was frustrating to me I'm like uh no that's what i'm telling you that's what i'm saying it that's doesn't benefit I... you at all in fact it's actually probably negative for you to keep playing yeah that's when i lose my most matches is when i'm playing for nothing but trophies yeah mm. I'm telling you, there is something to the matchmaking that is janky. Oh, definitely. I've always thought that in Hearthstone. Okay. Shall we get into Nibble Bits? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta run to the fridge, though, so somebody else start. Okay. Uh, Will, we'll start with you. Me? You. All right. Um, So, Dan, Star yes. Ocean, is that a game you have any interest in? Yes. I think Corey has interest in it, too. Yep. But he's not here right now, so... But the release date for it, uh, Star Ocean 5, is June 28th. I am. This is one of the reasons why I got a PlayStation 4 were the JRPGs. JRPGs yeah. I'm I, pretty pumped for it. I'm hoping for a PC port like later on, like next year sometime. I because can see that. They're starting to, they're starting to do that. Uh, Japanese RPGs are starting to port over to PC. So yeah, you're right. That's they my are. Hope. Some good, some bad, but. 
at least Star Ocean Five. Yeah. Yeah. You have any interest in playing that, Corey? Oh, definitely. We talked a little bit about it last week. I'll have to get you my PlayStation Four then. At some That'd point, because nice. I am gonna buy and play it. I'll take Reg- your 3DS first so I can play Fire <laughs> Emblem. I still gotta get through Birthright. <laughs> it's Stardew Valley and school have just ruined ruined gaming for me right now. Yep. Ruined your time. Well, and Clash Royale. I laid in bed for like three hours trying to play it today. Ugh. How do you do that? See, that's where I draw the line, man. Well, it was... I had, like, started losing a lot, and I was like, I just gotta win a couple and get back to where I was, and then I'll stop, and then I just never did. Yeah. Then I got increasingly frustrated and <laughs> kept going. Yep. Um. Anyway, my next and last double bit is the PlayStation 4 lineup for PlayStation Plus. Um, it's pretty underwhelming, in my opinion. It's Dead Star, uh, which is an action arcade shooter. And then there's Zombie, which is... This is the um, Zombie U port to the other consoles, mm-hmm. um, the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And then on PlayStation 3, you get I Am Alive and Savage Moon. And the Vita, you get a virus named Tom and Shut Shimmy. Shut Shimmy. Yeah, um, I'm interested in none of these games. I really honestly haven't been that interested in the, the free games the last, like, three or four months even. I that don't know. star looks cool. Yeah, it's just going to be one of those ones that I download and never play. Kind of looks like Geometry Wars, but with other ships that you're fighting. Yeah. Maybe maybe Dead Star will be the one that I that I play out of all of these. But I don't know, like, if I'm going to play a Zombie U, I'm going to just play it on my Wii U. Yeah. You know what's funny? I played Zombie U this past week for the first time. Really? Yep. I can't wait to hear you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I'll have to remember to mention it later on. Did you like it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I've heard it's a, it's a decent game, decent enough game. It was a, launch, a Wii U launch title. I feel like I would really like it. Well, I have yours, Will. I've had it forever. Yeah, I know. I bought it and like when I got a Wii U and just never, never played it. Yeah, that was how I I got it used on like a GameFly sale or something. It was like four ninety nine, and this was years ago that I bought it, and it was in the shrink wrap until recently. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't pass up that that deal though. That's no, especially like that's uh, if you own a Wii U, that's kind of yeah. a, a must play. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, I've heard really good things about that game. From like people at gaming podcasts. Uh, that's it for my nibble bits, though. All right, I will go next. Uh, Me Tomo finally got a U.S. release date, and it's March thirty first, which for us right now and those in the live stream, that's tomorrow. Uh, after tomorrow, you know, it'll be it'll be available probably now. So go download it. Um, I signed up. Did you guys sign up? You have to sign up. Yeah, I think I I signed up for the new like Nintendo account, I guess. Um I don't I don't know what any of it means and uh, and I won't until I, at some point tomorrow. They'll they'll notify me to that I can download it when it's when that time comes. So. Now, what is Mitomo because I only thing I know about it is that Kotaku ran an article where there was no like language filter so you can just insult people. It's a social network. Yeah, it's doesn't it, isn't it supposed to be a little bit like um, what was the that Tamarachi one? Life. 
Well, that's being too generous. It's it's it asks you questions and you oh, answer them, and then other right. people see it. Okay. So what? Like, it's not a game. I was gonna say it sounds silly. It's like a social network. Hey, anything goes for mobile. Uh, yeah. I'm. I mean, it's Nintendo <laughs> on mobile. I'm in. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do with that. I'm more interested in being able to earn Nintendo rewards for free stuff. Because uh, they're, I mean, I don't know how, how it's going to be, but their old rewards program, like, you actually kind of got really good stuff. So yeah. I'm hoping uh, this is this is similar. Yep. So, And it would be nice to earn those rewards without having to buy stuff. Yeah, if you could do that, definitely. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So that's my my first little bit. My f- second and last little bit, head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, has responded to some of the recent criticisms of Microsoft's Universal Windows platform. He specifically mentioned that they would be allowing support for modding, disabling VSync, and adding support for G-Sync and FreeSync monitors, as well as overlays for games. Uh, he didn't get into too many specifics, but did say these issues would be resolved in a May update. So, I, d- Have we talked about G-Sync and FreeSync? Do you guys know what that what that is? I don't know what they are. I know we've we've thrown that word around, okay. but I never really knew what it meant. Yeah, I've been wanting to get a G Sync monitor for a while. So what it does is it it essentially it matches your monitor's refresh rate with your frames per second that's coming out of your graphics card. So like if most monitors are most monitors and TVs are sixty hertz, which means they can run things at sixty frames per second. So, like, if you get frame rate dips, you, the reason why you notice the frame rate dips is because you get double frames. So even if you're uh, at 59 frames per second, you're still getting that that one one repeat frame, and that's when you notice the, the change in the frame rate. What it does is if you get, like, if your game bounces from 44 frames per second to 75 frames per second, uh, it matches up the, the refresh rate on your monitor. So uh, you get a smooth smooth gameplay experience regardless of, of your frame rate. See what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, so, you, yeah. so you don't get any duplicate frames, so you don't there, there's no stutter. Rather than duplicating the frame, it right. just slows it down a little bit. Yep. An unnoticeable amount. Right. Especially if you're at one frame less than... 60 years exactly yeah. exactly because yeah. i notice a frame rate you know if it drops from 60 to 58 or 59 it's because you see the double frame uh i get screen tearing in some games uh usually v-sync fixes that wait what's v-sync versus g-sync again v-sync is vertical synchronization that'll sync your monitor your game with your monitor's refresh rate which is 60 hertz it'll lock it at 60 frames per second because if a lot and, of times, if you go above sixty frames per second, that's when you notice the the screen tearing. So, it'll so lower let's it say you're frames. running a game at one hundred and twenty frames per second, mm-hmm. but your monitor is only sixty. Doesn't really matter that no. you're running at one hundred twenty. No, that's when you will a lot of times get screen tearing. Mm. Tech tips with Dan. Yeah, yeah, because the screen tearing always seems to happen in games that are better than, or games that are older lo- that yeah, you can older, run better, lower quality. Yep. Yeah. Try turning on VSync. That should help. Interesting. Yeah. But people that uh, have gotten G-Sync monitors, or uh, G-Sync is the NVIDIA version of that. FreeSync is the AMD version of that. Uh, but it's also open source. So, like, um, uh, the Intel HD graphics can use the FreeSync if they want, whereas the, the G-Sync is proprietary to NVIDIA. So mm. that's a important distinction to make. Why don't they just call it the same thing? 
because they're it's AMD and NVIDIA, and they don't like each other. Hmm. So as of now, Microsoft uh, Microsoft games from the Microsoft Games Store do not support G-Sync. Right. Yeah, and we you talked about that a little while ago with, uh, was it Quantum Break? That people were yeah. having issues with none of that stuff being available. They're, they're, they're apparently have listened to criticisms and are going to try to fix it. It's just a little confusing to me because those options are usually checkboxes within the game. What's that? V-Sync, G-Sync. Yeah, yep. No, not G-Sync necessarily, but V-Sync is one of them, yeah. Hmm. Okay, so if, like, the whatever is playing, Windows playing those apps does not allow that feature. Right. It'd be like Steam not allowing that feature, even though the game might have an option for it. Right. Okay. Correct. Interesting. It's a it's a limitation on the on the store because they're quote unquote apps and not games. Yeah. Stupid. It is stupid, but at least they're gonna fix it. Or they seem like they're gonna fix it anyway. Why do I feel like Phil Spencer means so well and just wants the best for Xbox, but it's just not gonna happen. Yeah, I d- I feel bad for him because he's he is kind of fighting a losing battle. I mean. Xbox did so much damage to their brand before the the one even came out. Like, yep, they should just he should make so much money because he's done so much to repair and he's he's trying to fix all these fires that Microsoft keeps starting. Yeah, that's that, why I kind of side with Xbox and Microsoft a little bit because of Phil Spencer and he's like as Corey said, just trying so hard. Well, that sort of also comes from being the being behind. Yeah. Yeah. You know that good guy. They they have uh, to respond, right? And and we talked a, a little bit about it before we started recording. How Microsoft got out ahead of the half generation upgrade, and and Phil Spencer said, you know, we're looking into maybe a modular Xbox um, versus Sony, which was just kind of leaked that they're working on PlayStation four point five or four K, however you want to say it. Yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of that just comes from them being so far behind that it's in their best interest to come out ahead and say that stuff and yeah play the good guy yeah i don't know i just sort of feel like no matter what microsoft does they're never gonna get any of the good guy cred no it is it is also the curse of the third console yeah that playstation 3 they made a lot of boneheaded moves when that first came out yeah sega dreamcast I mean, if there's any indication, the one's going to come on strong at the very end. Nintendo 64? Well, we'll see because, I mean, that happened last generation with PlayStation, but PlayStation was also more powerful. PlayStation 3 was more powerful than the 360. Yep. That's not the case this generation. PlayStation 4 sure. is ahead in sales and is ahead in hardware. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Especially if this new uh, half-generation console or whatever is going to be... Even more powerful. It was it double, supposedly double the... Yeah, Eric That's sent us a, a NeoGAF post from an unconfirmed source. Um, and I hadn't read anything, you know, no publications ran with that yet. So who knows whether it's true or not. But yeah, double GPU, double CPU, I think, for both, right? I think it was, yeah. I glanced over it and most of it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's all my know. novits. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It's definitely an interesting time. You know, I feel like there's there's a, a going to be a a shift. 
in how we consume our games. Yeah, and I, well, I think it I think it sucks for people who who bought into the yeah. PlayStation and the Xbox and you know basing their purchase on what's happened in all the prior generations. There's no mid cycle refresh of the hardware or anything. We saw not, it with not the a Nintendo total re- 3DS, not but... a total refresh. They they would do like the slim upgrades, which had some like some upgrades, but not like it wouldn't make any difference for your games, you know? Right, right. Uh, apparently, part. based on these rumors, we. We read on Neograph, so take them with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, this PlayStation 4K is a big upgrade to yeah. the PlayStation 4. Yeah. Which I'm more than fine, like upgrading if I can get trade-in credit and like a like a deal or whatever towards well, it. GameStop if, will do a deal. But if like what that thing said that PlayStation wasn't going to do like anything in that respect, then I'm way less likely to want to like put more money into it especially for how little that i actually even use my consoles they're just glorified netflix machines to me at this point still kind of makes me happy i bought a pc in 2011 and or no 2013 and haven't looked back yeah well i mean that's that's kind of the the struggle that the consoles are having right now because like even when they launched they're still a little bit underpowered um compared because like i you know, I had the PS4 for about uh, about a year. I think it was a, maybe a little under a year, uh, and yeah, it didn't get any use because, like, for me, uh, visually, other than a handful of, of console exclusives that I played on it, like visually and frame rate specifically, uh, was a huge downgrade from the stuff I was playing on computer at the time. And that was with my that was with my GTX 760. Uh, I've since upgraded to the 970, so you know, there's even an even bigger gap now than than what there was then uh but again also the control uh i hate motion blur in games and actually i i think it was maybe eric kane that talked about this and uh he thinks that consoles should console developers should start putting some basic graphics options in there uh you know like like i said i hate motion blur in games it drives me crazy uh if i could like have a console like even a nintendo game just be able to shut off motion blur that would be amazing yeah, yeah. Just just basic stuff, and maybe have an option where you can run the game at thirty frames, or you know, with with better visuals, or sixty frames with a you know, obviously a better better frame rate, toned down visuals. Even playing a game on a lower resolution, like the uh, Wii U, um, one of the things I like about it is that their games run at sixty frames per second. They're only uh, the the twitchy games, I should say, like Mario Kart Eight, Splatoon, uh, Smash Brothers, all run at sixty frames, seven twenty p, but like resolution doesn't you, matter. I'm more about frame rate. Yeah. So, Dan, it was also you said this, which was an interesting point that people were saying that this is like was going to be the last generation of consoles or whatever, and you didn't believe it, but no. now you're starting to be like, huh? It, at maybe least, it is true. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. You never know what can happen. But at least, it, like, uh, I think in the traditional sense, you know, mm-hmm. because it, you can't you can't be stagnant hardware wise for three or four years, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at, look at your phone, look at a phone that came out three years ago and then look at a phone now, you know, the difference is Wait, yeah. enormous. Way so. different. You know, what's funny though, the, the, of the big three, the one that's in the best position right is now, Nintendo. I think is Nintendo. Yeah. Because people are, people still need to play those games. Well, yeah. I the, think Nintendo, N- Nintendo's the only one that can get away with like doing another console, you know, I think so too. Yep. And and I think the NX is uh, is that, you know, it's it's sort of a mid-cycle refresh of the hardware. Even though the Nintendo Wii U has been out for 
a little bit longer than the other Six the other two years? consoles. Five, five four, years, four, maybe? Years. Yeah. four years. Yeah. But there's just so many games that people need need to play yeah. on on Nintendo. Yeah. I'm really I mean, really interested to see what's going to happen. It's really interesting to me being into tech like I am. It's a fun time. Yeah. Yep. Uh <laughs> I, I joked in our because we were ta- we talked about this uh, like a couple hours or an hour or so before we started podcast, uh, and, and I said two words, steam machine. Mm, I still don't see it. That's where that I'm, this I'm is this is where the steam machine comes in. No. What? Well, here, here, here uh, this is just a hypothetical. But what's what if that's the only way you can get a traditional console experience? Well, then yeah. But I don't think that's that's going to be the case. <laughs> I don't know. I just you know thought that was funny. It's basically asking like, where's the only place you can play games? Well, then yeah, I'll buy that. But no, I'm no. I'm saying not the only place you can play games. The only place you can get a traditional console experience. No. Not happening, Dan. Sorry. We shall I don't see. know. It, it's weird because the PlayStation Four has sold so well that like. I don't know. Well, this it, would it, be might be the last traditional console experience. It's weird to think about because it sold sold so well, but like it seems like things are sort of dire in the way of like home console. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't, don't know. I I think they're just trying to get out ahead of because, like I said, you know the the analysts had predicted that mobile devices are going to match the power of a console by by next year. Which is embarrassing. Uh, and I think they're trying to get out ahead of that. I think they realize that, that could be an issue. It may not be, but it could be. Um, oh, I think it absolutely... I think it already is an issue, really. Yeah. Look at how much better games look on PC. Uh, uh, PCs, it's, that's different, I think. I don't think that's going to have an effect one way or yeah, the other. Yeah, but like you said, the, the generation started off behind the 8-ball. Yeah. You know? I think it... Which hasn't always been like, the case. I think if it's mobile that passes console is like PC being ahead of console isn't that big of a deal to me, but mobile passing console is a big deal. Well, the only reason it's a big deal is because everyone already has a mobile device. That's yeah. that's why it matters. Because you know I, I've talked about this before, but if you have if your iPhone is more powerful than your than your console, and you could just plug your iPhone into something and play games like you normally would on a console. Why would you spend another four hundred dollars on a console if you didn't have to? If you could just boot up your games from the Apple App Store, you know? Yeah, it's it's crazy to me that this tiny little phone that fits in my pocket is going to be more powerful than that's where uh, all the innovation. That, is. That's where the money is. I mean, yeah. how many billions of iPhones do are are, are out there? Have, has Apple Apple's the most profitable company in the, in the entire world? Like, I can go over everybody that I text in my phone, and I would probably safely bet ninety percent of them are other iPhone users. Yeah, yeah, because who so. wants to get a green text message? Not me. I don't. It's why I have an iPhone. What's a green? If I get a green message? text message from you, I instantly judge you. What's a green text <laughs> message? What's that, Dan? I don't know what that is. <laughs> the, the, the text messaging bubbles on iPhone. If you're texting another iPhone, is blue. But if it's another device, it's green gotcha yeah because iphone does iMessage, which is uh can be a wi-fi thing whereas oh. the other ones uh come in as green android not iMessage gotcha. data yep. stuff guess what i don't get good service at home so i will always have an iphone then well i mean uh, the people on uh android have gotten around that by using messaging services 
Yeah, but then like you gotta download an app and go through uh, another another app to like just do something that's. Really and most simple. of those are totally not secure. WhatsApp is pretty secure. Google Voice. But Kick, the one we use, is not, <laughs> not secure. secure at all. It's like one of the least secure. Yeah. No, people use Google Voice for that for the most part. If you well, need to text over Wi-Fi, I yeah, because trust you, Google. You could text over your. No, Google watches everything. Everyone watches well, everything. For starters, Kick is for nudes. Yeah, it's true. It's not meant for daily conversation that our entire family has with each other. Yeah, I mean, we send dick pics back and forth. So why wouldn't you? <laughs> That's you what could. Kick is for. Exactly. Will's right. Okay. Should I do my nibble bits? Let's hear Corey's nibble bits. I've got some good ones. Mass Effect Andromeda's backstory may have leaked via a customer survey. Uh, I'll just read what's on the survey. The question's not important. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda takes players to the Andromeda galaxy far beyond the Milky Way, where players will lead the fight for a new home in hostile territory, where we are the aliens, opposed by a deadly indigenous race bent on stopping us. Uh, And then that little bit is followed by a bunch of generic sci-fi buzzwords. Uh, so I won't read it. I've always been kind of interested in that sort of thing, though. Be- humans be- being the evil invading aliens. Yeah, well, uh, I guess cool there was concept. a leak a leak a while ago that said, like, you play as the alien. Which didn't really make... I mean, it made sense, like, literally, like, oh, I must be an alien. But mm-hmm. no, you're the alien species in another galaxy. Yeah, in- invading and trying to take over someone's home planet. Right. Now, all the crewmates better not be humans, though. We'll find out. I I can't imagine they are. No, that would be that would be a little disappointing. Yeah, I, I don't think they will be. So you're the evil invading Milky Way galaxy, invading the Andromeda galaxy. Yeah, I read a little bit of, of other comments and stuff, and and I guess it's two different factions, uh, one peaceful, one not so much in the Andromeda galaxy, and you're like the third party coming in, and I don't know, mixing it up. So I can't you decide wait. Decide what color explosion. Yeah, the skills explosions. Yeah, okay. Yep. I, like I can't wait for this ends. game. No, I like it. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait either. I actually reinstalled uh, the original Mass Effect and got some texture mods for it to make it look pretty. I just haven't sat down to play it yet. Nice. Uh, we don't know much else. That I don't think they've said anything about Mass Effect Andromeda, but we do know it's confirmed for spring 2017. So we got about a year to go. That's too long. Yeah. yeah, But whatever. Rocket League's Hoops Mode launches in April. Apparently this was teased before. I don't remember seeing it. The basketball mode for Rocket League. Can you dunk? Oh, you can dunk. I, I, I watched the little gif that Psyonix posted on Twitter. And uh, what it is is it's like a net that sits on the ground. And it goes – it extends – I don't know what the terminology is for basketball, but basically to the free throw line and all the way around to that part of the, what is it? The key. Is that what they call it? Yeah. The three the key inside the paint inside the paint. Yeah. From the, from the paint uh, of the back behind the backboard to the free throw line all the way around that. And you just knock the, the ball in. Nice. Okay. Just in time for NCAA basketball championship games. Ugh, basketball. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. God. 
Shadow of Mordor 2 could be announced soon. This was uh, leaked via a stunt actress's resume. She posted online that she did work on Shadow of Mordor 2 for like a mocap studio that, that has worked on video games in the past. Nice. That's exciting. I Dan, I know you really like that game. I really yep. like that game, the first one. Um, I think it deserves a second one. Sure. I just hope there's a little more to it. Like what, exactly? I don't know. I don't know what I want out of it. I just don't want to play that game all over again. Yeah. Maybe it'll Even be though a different good. area. Yeah. I think there needs to be another layer of gameplay. Crafting. <laughs> I mean, all right. Wasn't there yeah. crafting? Was no. there crafting? No. There needs to be something. There was runes that you could attach to your sword and bow and dagger. Co-op. That'd yeah, be fun. Co-op would be cool. That'd be a good game for co-op. Yeah. Uh, Black Desert Online is getting its first expansion. I'm only mentioning this because Black Desert Online has caught my interest. Uh, I'd like to get a guest pass to play. I don't know if that's going to happen. I gotta uh, find out. Our E3 correspondent plays it. He does? Yeah. I think so. Really? I think that was him I was talking to. Interesting. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's only uh, less than a month after the release of the game. It released at the beginning of March... And it's already getting the expansion. It should be available today, I think, for people that own the game. Uh, it's free. It increases the world size by 30%. Has over 1,000 new quests. There's new boss. There's new guild missions. There's new weapons. There's new armor sets. Uh, some other stuff that, I don't know, was specific to Black Desert Online that I couldn't speak to. So, I don't know. I would love to play Black Desert, but... BDO. I just don't have time for a uh, MMORPG, unfortunately. That's the thing. Still, I still want to play Final Fantasy XIV more in-depthly than I did. Yeah, if you want to like give yourself to an MMORPG, you might as well just like kiss the rest of the year's games goodbye and yeah. like. Yeah. Well, that's like you know my six hundred plus hours of Guild Wars two that I played all during this podcast. I always felt bad about coming in and saying the only thing I played this week was Guild Wars two. Yeah, but I'll days. never forget the conversations <laughs> after every at the end of every episode of you guys in Guild Wars for like two months. It's a good game. Won my game of the year that year. Dan, what won your game of the year that year? Borderlands remember. Two. Borderlands Two. Yeah, that's offensive to me. Well, I really liked Borderlands Two, and it was also more of a. I you know what the year Guild Wars Two came out wasn't the year that I played a lot of it. I didn't mm. play it until the the, the next like. Uh, uh, early part of the year is when I really, really sunk a lot of time into it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Rumors suggest this year's Call of Duty may be set in outer space. Space. Uh, this is via Shinobi, the Neo. Speaking of NeoGaf, uh, NeoGaf poster, uh, and I guess Eurogamer independently confirmed this posting uh, takes place in quote firmly sci-fi territory in the far future call of duty future warfare i made this joke years ago yeah but that would be Wait. the next thing that they do this joke is coming to light this circle is infinity ward they left us with a huge cliffhanger with ghosts <laughs> <laughs> uh the new battlefield game is rumored to take place in world war one oh i'm so into that. that that's cool that yeah. is very cool I will be buying console def- and PC versions of that game. I would definitely buy that. How fun would it be if they took like an alternate 
like alternate sci-fi history to approach to like a World War One game. Yeah, like have uh, World War One style mechs and stuff. Yeah. So Wolfenstein, but World War One. Yeah. Right. So like, I think one of the one of the issues of of developing an older uh, World War type game accuracy. is that historical accuracy. Right. Historical accuracy and 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 how that affects. Uh, like the playability of the game itself, because if you got a, a shitty rifle, it, it doesn't feel good to right. shoot it, and it's probably not accurate. It's probably slow to reload. That's not; those aren't fun things to include in a video game. Yeah. Uh, so you take like an alternate history approach, you get an extra layer of of sci-fi fun, uh, and you can remedy all those issues. Will's exactly right with Wolfenstein. That's like pretty much exactly what you're talking about, kind of. Touche, yeah. I I would be fine with that. I could even with like the historical accuracy of it. Like I don't mind if they take a little bit of liberty with the guns. Like that's fine. Yeah, because it has to be entertaining. And if it's not entertaining to me, then why yep. am I playing this? Video games should be games first. Um, like story wise, like I think they should stick like fairly closely to like the events that did happen in World War One and like World War Two. But other than that, like. Gameplay-wise, go for it, whatever. Uh, any comments on Call of Duty being set in outer space? Will, you're the biggest duty fan of us all. Where's Ghost 2? It's not in outer space? No, Ghost. Call of Duty Ghost took place in um, near future United States. Oh, this is far future. Then I'm not into it. Maybe the... You're, maybe you're doing, like, space battles. Maybe uh, the main character, I guess, was in a coma. And just he got up. cryogenically frozen. Yep. Have you played Soma yet, Dan? No, I haven't. I will. I gotta yeah. buy it. Yeah. I'm waiting for a I good think, sale. I think if they show me a trailer of this Call of Duty and like there's a lot of real cool action going on, I might be into it. But I have my science fiction shooter, Halo. When was the last time you played Halo? month ago maybe yeah i still play it i loved halo 5 Mm. great game sony is considering bringing playstation vr to pcs which my first thought was why bother just let the community figure it out you know Save, save some money why not they probably I bet you won't be long until someone has some sort of hack that you can use PSVR on your computer. Sure. It's the cheapest headset. Headset, yeah. Even with if, I know you got to buy the the camera. The well, PlayStation camera. I can imagine, well, yeah, I don't know. I can imagine that the people would be able to get it to work with like a webcam. I I can't imagine the 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 PlayStation 4 camera does anything that like a decent webcam can't. Mm, you know that's an interesting point i didn't think about that part of it yeah <laughs> if you're only know. looking for like the headset you know that you're right that's the cheapest one that would be that would be perfect that would be great i listened to a lot of uh podcast video game podcasts this week and they were all talking about vr a lot of them had hands-on experiences and it kind of makes me glad that i didn't yeah spend a bunch of money on a VR headset and yeah. an upgraded PC to use one. Uh, I don't know. 
it still to me it still sounds like the best one to have is going to be the PlayStation headset mm-hmm. because of cost because of cost because of install base and and the community available to it already you know like the PlayStation community is huge and like we suspected there is still no killer app for VR yeah there's no must have game even uh, the podcast I listened to, they didn't, they didn't specify. Like, it's all really good tech demos. There's there nobody specified like one game that's like, oh, you have to play it. It's yeah. just And the ones that's you know, even they the ones the games they did like, they're like, you play it for like twenty five minutes and you're done with it. Yeah, yeah. And that was that was my whole point with you know when I heard the price tag, six hundred bucks. Like, I could get myself a really really good monitor that I play all my games on, you know, like I spend hours every day using it. I can't see myself even with a really fun game, uh, with a headset strapped to my face, you know, yeah. for, I'll wait for the price to come down or I'll wait for a mobile solution. That's similar. Gear VR, gear VR. It, it's similar, but they, they, a lot of their stuff is proprietary. So, uh, you kind of have to like I know with with my Android phone I can I can set it up so that it is a VR headset but you have to have um, you have to run uh, cable from your computer to your phone for faster data transfer so you don't get any lag uh, and the Gear VR headset doesn't have you have to modify it so they they suggest getting like a a thirty or forty dollar like Google cardboard esque but like plastic one. You can drill a hole in and, and get the so you can put your put your cable on. Some of them have like already a slot in it that you can run your run your cable from your computer to your phone. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But the motion tracking on those is not not great yet. I think it's yeah. ca- it's called Trinius VR. For those that are interested, I actually looked into it a little while ago. Hmm. Um, it's decent. You know. Let me ask you guys this: If you had the capital, which VR headset would you go for? The Vive. Vive. That it does sound like a uh, hardware spec wise. That's the best one. Yeah, I guess the controllers are really good too. And the uh, one of the things it has that I like, especially for games that you get up and move around for, it's got the wall sensing thing. Uh-huh. So somehow it has a wall sensing system that. Oh, the room. What's it called? Room. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of what phrase. what it's called, but that's supposedly better for that. And it's got also got a better field of view, like uh, up and down, vertical field of view, more so than the Oculus. Which I, I just read. Uh, I don't know if you guys read Kirk Hamilton <laughs> on Kotaku. I saw that right up. I didn't read it, and he said like after thirty minutes, it just got hot. Yeah. Like the headset itself got hot. Yeah. And that just sounds so uncomfortable to me mixed with the motion sickness. Yeah. Like, no, I don't know. No, thank you. I, I'm not into VR at all, so. I am. I want to try it. I really do. There was a cool, I'm not sure what, what game it was, but the one of the front page posts on Reddit today was people wearing a, I think it might have been an Oculus, and uh, they had to rescue a cat <laughs> off like uh, a catwalk on a top of us on the top of a skyscraper it was just like a little board they had to walk across uh, with a cat on the end of it and the demo people actually set it up so they were walking on a board granted the board was on the floor yeah. with a stuffed cat at the end of it and people were like so terrified in the vr headset like walking out to this cat on the skyscraper <laughs> but again that's like tech demo 
a tech demo. That's a 10-minute experience. It might be yeah. awesome, but then it's like, okay, I spent $600 on this thing Yeah. for these little experiences. I don't know. I would like to have it for a game like uh, tr- uh, American Truck Simulator or Euro Truck Simulator or Dirt Rally, stuff like that. It would be perfect for, I think. Mario uh, Kart. But, but I don't play well, Mario Kart. I mean, you don't really play Mario Kart first person. Uh, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what I would want it for, like that type of game. Um, anything that you have to get up around and move, I don't think it's gonna gonna help you. Or piloting games, like I guess E Valkyrie is supposed to be decent. Um, stuff like that, I think it would, it's perfect for you know where you're already sitting. Uh, but I would I would have to have this you know the steering wheel too, which anything decent for that is another two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks. Yep. So it's an investment, and I just I don't think we're there yet to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, and my last nibble bit is the NX controller leaks were revealed as fake. False. False. Fake. The fakers, uh, especially the one Swedish dude, actually released a video showing how the fake was created. It turns out he 3D printed his uh, fake controller based on the patent that Nintendo filed. Nice. So good for him. I, I find it funny that it's a, it's a Swedish dude, one of the, one of the big... Uh discoveries that some of the people i don't know on reddit or 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 4chan or wherever wherever this was posted uh deduced that uh the keyboard on the laptop was swedish yep and they went so far as to pick a few developers that they thought it might have been well there's that whole bit with the tree like they saw the reflection of the tree yeah and they looked at Ubisoft's massive studio and and said oh there's a tree that looks kind of like that i don't know the whole story i didn't really follow (laughs) it but it's just stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. Yeah. And uh, we kind of... Well played. We didn't know it was fake, but we didn't really get it. So, I don't know. You know, looking at it, you're like, this doesn't really make sense, this thing. Yeah. It's It was too weird and foreign. I'm glad that that's not... I'm glad it's not real. It might be. Until Nintendo says no, it might be. I really don't think it is. I don't either, but you can't say that it's not when Nintendo yeah. has said nothing. I don't think it's. I don't think the controller is going to look anything like that. I don't either, but I'm just saying you can't rule it out. Oh yeah, we'll, that is we'll what find out more in June, right? Yeah, whenever they decide to finally freaking talk about it. Is that E3. when we're supposed to hear about it? Yeah, E3 is when supposedly they're supposed to start announcing the next stuff. That's so far away. Not really. It'll be here yeah. before you know it. two months. Two months. Okay, you're right. That's not that far. I just hope I live that long. Me too. Right? Yeah. Isn't that the fear? Yep. Kicking the bucket before then? Yeah. Just hope I live long enough to see Dark Souls. That's my next. Oh, shut up. That was one on my, my week. I'm pining for Dark Souls. Really? Pining. I like that. I've been watching like some Twitch streams of it, watching some of the trailers. I'm really getting excited for Dark Souls 3. Did you ever play through the first one? I played a little bit of the first one. Uh, I found it very difficult, way more hard than the, than Dark Souls 2. Mm. Um, so I did like it. It. What? This this is completely off topic. I'm sorry, but is Square Enix announcing the release date for Final Fantasy 15 today? Yeah, they already did. It's yeah. September 25th or something like that. 30th. That, 30th. that was the leak. 
I think. Oh. Yeah, but that was also leaked a few weeks ago. Yeah. I wasn't so surprised by the Probably date. definitely the date, September 30th. They said they have other big news for it, so I was just curious if... Hopefully it's PC release. Mm, that'd that's be nice. what I'm thinking. I think it's going on currently is the PlayStation 15 event, so... Okay. We'll know more a little bit later. Uh-huh. Sweet. Um, since I already talked about Dark Souls, yeah, I've been really excited about Dark Souls. Uh, for my week, uh, I also pre-ordered the new Star Wars movie, so I'll finally be able to watch it. Yeah, Co- uh, uh, it comes out next it. Tuesday. I got Luke kills Leia. Sorry, I got well, the <laughs> I got the Blu-ray, DVD, digital HD combo thing. It was only twenty bucks off of Amazon, so um, you know, probably a week from now it'll be thirty-five. So I, I ordered it. Should be here Tuesday, so I will have watched it by next podcast episode. I really can't Finally. wait for you to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. I'm very excited for it. I can't believe I never I, saw it in the theater. I haven't either, and I have no idea what happens in it. Me neither. Good for you guys, that's I've, impressive. I've, I've avoided spoilers. But a lot of that is because I don't spend any time on social media. There's not really any place where I could have it spoiled for me, which is not having being involved in social media has been great. Oh, yeah. Great. Uh, so there's that. Uh, I have not been getting a lot of sleep. Not at all. And uh, fix it. It's no, and it's, I haven't it's been either. Nothing I can do. Uh, my daughter wakes up every night and screams for probably two or three hours. And I just can't sleep through it. Just let her out to pee. <laughs> like a dog. Well, she's never been a good sleeper in her lifetime. There was a period of about maybe six months where she actually slept pretty well. Uh, but she's the one, and you know, this was during the podcast when uh, she, when she was first born, she wouldn't sleep anywhere but like on somebody. So to let my wife sleep, I would, you know, I would take her and lay back and play Crusader Kings uh, until four in the morning or whatever with her laying on me, so my wife could get some sleep. And then when she woke up because uh, she was hungry, I would, you know, pass around to the wife, and then I would go to sleep. Uh, so she's never been a good sleeper, uh, and that's really, really coming to light right now uh but on the positive side of that i'm i'm getting some game time video game time midnight uh because that's the only thing i can do to not lose my mind you know getting up every night because your daughter's screaming it too and we don't want to be the the parents that like rush in there and make sure everything's okay because we don't want to uh positively reinforce waking it's like up training a dog you don't yeah. you don't want them to think if they wine that yep. you're gonna run right in there so yeah hopefully she gets over it at some point because yeah not a lot of sleep because i don't go to bed until you know 12 30 1 o'clock so i you know i'll sleep for an hour get woken up be awake for two hours three hours sometimes and sleep for another two after that yeah Ugh. sounds awful yep I've been going to bed at 9.30 like every night and sleep until about quarter after six. Man. It's great. Good for you. Yeah. Good night's sleep. I wake up a lot through the night, though, when I do that. To pee? No, I never get up to pee. Oh. I just wake up a lot. I'm, I, I, uh, I've always been a good sleeper, but not like a good sleep through the night sleeper. Yeah. I could fall asleep anywhere, anytime, but... Never uh, through the night. 
very rarely through the night. Yeah, I just wake up, spin around, and fall back asleep a bunch of times yep. throughout the night. <laughs> I always whiz because I drink a ton of water, even when I'm sleeping. I'll wake yeah. up and, and have a big chug. If I've been boozing, then definitely get well, yeah. to be in the middle of the night. Yeah, of course. But that's all I had for my week. Very excited for for Star Wars and very excited for Dark Souls three. What do you got, Corey? Just a couple little things I wanted to mention. I watched a couple things. Per usual, my my media consumption of the week consisted of Akira, which is Akira. This is an anime. Isn't Western it? audiences. Oh, yeah. It's one of the greatest animes yep. of all time. I finally sat down to watch. It was really good. I saw Akira like a long time ago. Really? A long time ago, yeah. It came out in 1988, I yeah. guess. Yep. It's impressive. It's really well done. Uh, and it touches on some, some pretty uh, deep subjects. Uh, like, like what? Well, there is a... Okay, so it's a, it's about a biker gang who gets mixed up in this confrontation with, for lack of a better word, a god. Ooh. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but the how do they they liken it to like what's the there's an actual phrase in the movie that I can't think of, but it's like what would a I'm gonna butcher it, so I'm not even gonna bother. But it's it's about like acquiring the powers of a god and what a human would do with those powers. Huh. It would start off good and then spiral. It's been so long that I barely there remember it. Will just spoiled the, the plot of Akira. <laughs> really? Well done. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but it's really good. The, the animation's really awesome. It's it's good art. But uh, I actually watched the English dub, which may not be as good as... I always generally prefer the Japanese with the English subtitles. Yeah. Um. But I wasn't in the mood to read. I just wanted to sit back and, and watch it. Uh, so that's what I did. It's it's really good, though. I, I definitely recommend it. There's a couple more I have on my list to watch. Uh, Paprika is another one. Paprika? Paprika. Like the spice nice. from Blue's Clues? Yep. Just like the spice from Blue's Clues. <laughs> and Perfect Blue, I think, is the other one. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, Perfect Blue are supposed to be a couple more really good anime movies. I think I definitely prefer the movies to the TV series, especially the ones that are, you know, hundred some episodes long. Yeah. There's some really good stuff. Uh, but then I also watched soaked in bleach, which I know you guys won't care about. Uh, Eric might have an opinion about this, but uh, soaked in bleach is the documentary essentially accusing Courtney love of killing Kurt Cobain. Really? Ooh. Yeah. That's interesting. Now, I don't like Nirvana at all, but this at least sounds really interesting. No, me neither. Uh, I never liked Nirvana, and I think Kurt Cobain did a lot of bad things for music. But that's, I mean, I know that's all subjective. That's just my personal opinion. You'll have a mob after you for saying that. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, I get it. Like, people like that kind of music and like the music that was born out of that, and that's fine. Like, everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, But... After watching the documentary, I, I kind of think Courtney Love did it. <laughs> I really do. 
it sounds so stupid, but they presented such. Granted, it's a documentary, and every documentary is biased, uh, but they presented some really compelling evidence to make it seem like not Courtney Love specifically, but she had somebody do it. They were in the process of a divorce uh, and they signed a prenuptial agreement and she was going to get almost nothing. She would get almost nothing if they just divorced, but she got, you know, like a billion dollar estate because he died out of it. Wow. Mm. Go figure. What's this called again? Uh, soaked in bleach. Soaked in bleach. She what? What it's it's based on the investigations of actually somebody she hired as a private investigator uh, to find Kurt's whereabouts prior really? to the murder, and he just kept finding all these things that didn't fit right. And at a certain point, he's like, "I'm gonna investigate the murder itself once it finally happened because I think Courtney might have something to do with it." And this is on Netflix? Yep. I'm I'm probably going to end up watching this. You should watch it. It's really interesting. I, I said to my girlfriend after the movie was over, I'm like, there's only one person I like less than Kurt Cobain. She's Courtney like, who's Love. that? And I'm like, Courtney Love. So it was interesting. I, I, I get it. Like, they're documentaries. And, and like yeah. I said, they, they have an agenda. But... Uh, I don't know. If the evidence you put forth is is solid, then seems solid. Right. But I, what I like to do, and I haven't done with this movie yet, is look at the criticisms of the documentary. Yeah. Which I haven't looked into. I, yet. I was I'm sure to do there. That too. I'm sure there's a ton. Yeah. See, whenever I watch a documentary like that that's trying to prove a point, I always come out of it being like, they're absolutely right. Yep. Every time, regardless of where I stand, act, well, like, actually. That was my beef with Making a Murderer, which was yeah. super famous, and everybody's like, oh, he's not guilty, he's not guilty, but if you do a tiny bit of research, you'll find out that, yeah, he's he's probably guilty, but the documentary exposes a whole lot more things wrong with our justice system than whether mm-hmm. he or not he's guilty because he's probably guilty but yeah. there were so, a lot of things along the way that you should be upset about so because that stuff upset everybody so much that everybody kind of looks past the oh, he probably did it sort of thing right it's okay, not even yeah. that like the documentary makes him seem innocent yeah but that's not what's interesting about the documentary it's how evidence was tampered with yeah. and, and like all the corruption and everything behind the scenes that to me is what makes making a murder interesting and and worthwhile fun fact about that uh i know i have never seen an episode of it but the green bay packers head of analytics uh played a part in the actual story of making a murderer I only know this because the analytics conference was recently for all the sports. And uh, one of the people on a podcast I listened to was there and saw him there and they brought it up and they talked about how his like sister, somebody got killed and like he was a part of the overall plot, a little bit of it. Oh boy. So on a a side note, isn't it a little bit strange that teams have like analytics experts now? They have like what's essentially a math nerd. On their team, that, trying to figure out how to exploit the stats to their benefit. 
and every team besides like Ottawa and Colorado and the NHL have them and like all the NBA teams have them and NFL teams have them. Strange. Baseball started it. Yeah. So, with, all, with all their weird. Yeah, cuz the Oakland Athletics. Yeah. Moneyball. They were, Yeah, they were the re- they couldn't compete like with getting free agents or whatever, so they just tried to get the people who were really good that nobody really knew about. That's how Nashville was for a lot of years. That's what they yeah. did. That's how they yeah. Went from, you know, a basement, uh, you know, new franchise to being competitive, at least. Yeah, a lot of people say Nashville is a model franchise, actually. I don't know about that. For the the NHL and analytics and stuff like that. If you think about it, they really are. Who knows? Yeah. Anything else, Corey? Mm, Nope. Okay. Will, what do you got? Well, since we started talking hockey, I want to <laughs> talk a little bit about hockey and Nashville, uh, actually. Um, uh, Jimmy VC, Dan. Yeah. Now, how upset are you about that whole situation? I honestly, ne- I, from the start, I never thought he would sign with them. I think uh, when I heard he wanted to go back and finish his last year in Harvard, I was like, oh, he's not gonna, he's not going to play for the Predators. Uh, I understand his reasoning like his a lot of his reasoning was that he it's Harvard you know it's not like he's playing for any old college you know it's Harvard yeah uh you know he wanted to go back and he wanted to finish his education so I totally get all that uh, but yeah when he decided to do that instead of uh you know signing with with Nashville um I was like yeah he's he's not gonna sign but don't you think that maybe he should have let him know a little bit in advance instead of right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know his – the last I heard of it, his camp came out and said, no, uh, we advise Nashville to not take Jimmy VC's, uh into account when you're making roster moves and stuff. Uh, that was the last I've heard of it. But VC to sign with Boston, according to Sportsnet. Boston, or uh, they, they thought maybe Toronto too. But, I mean, Boston, he was a Bruins fan growing up, so – Oh, so go ahead, Corey. Douchebag. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's why he's signing with Boston now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. It's I just have an issue with it that because I highly doubt because David Poyle's been a GM for such a long time that he would. I'm trying to think of the best way to put this that he would be fooled by VC doing this and not expecting him to come to the team. I listened to the American Wyshynski podcast and they got into a legitimate yelling match about it. Uh, And I agreed with Greg Wyshynski about this. I think that it was kind of not a good, cool move for him to do that. Especially I doubt David Poyle just said to the public that VC was coming and then he didn't make a roster move with the Dre deadline for the reason that VC was coming. Like, I highly doubt that if he knew he he wasn't coming, he could have made the trade anyway and still said he was coming. Yeah. Like, no, I don't know. I mean, most of the frustration that I have from it is he's, you know, he spent, what, three three years, I guess, in, in uh, Nashville Predators development camps, and uh, yeah. it seems that he never gave the franchise any indication that he wouldn't be signing with them, so that's yeah. frustrating. Um, yeah, and you know. I, it's 
Because, like, Kevin Hayes did this to the Blackhawks, but he was a first-round pick, so the Blackhawks got a, I think, a third-round draft pick. But because VC isn't a a first-round player, Nashville gets literally nothing out of it. And I just think that's messed up, and everybody's, like, saying, oh, good for him for exercising his right through the CBA and, like, looking out for himself because it's such a business out there. And, like, everybody's making it seem like Nashville – is the idiots in this whole thing. And I'm like, no, like there's way more to that. Like, I think it's messed up that VC kind of did that. I don't yeah. know. It's frustrating. Yeah. I think you have every right to not sign with the team, but don't sure. make it seem like you're going to, or whatever. Yeah, it, and, it's, and... it seemed like the franchise was led on by him, you know, yeah. uh, apparently because Scott Nicholas are like director of player development. And apparently they had a good relationship and, uh, the the GM Poyle and and the coaches and stuff all you know they had a decent relationship I guess yeah uh, you know whatever it's yeah fine. It, it I mean it's Nashville's fine but I just think it's stupid that he was promised first line minutes with Johansson and Neal and then he just says no to a team that I think can contend for the cup I don't know yeah we'll see have fun in Toronto being bad for the next four <laughs> years. Toronto's one of those teams that'll never turn it around, probably. I want them to because I think the NHL is better with a good, like Maybe Toronto team. team. But it's also good when they're really bad because it's funny. Canada's not going to make the playoffs this year at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> all this the, leads all, me to all the bottom teams are the Canadian teams. This leads me to my next thing I want to talk about is Edmonton and uh, Niall Yakupov. Oh yeah, I was listening to actually the Steve Dangle podcast today. Um, and I'll get to the story about all of that, but he got into a yelling fit about it. And he said, when fans come up to him and say like, they want to get involved with being a general manager in the NHL and whatnot, he says, go for it and do it because these teams are run by crazy people and idiots. And they were talking about Edmonton. And as we all know, Edmonton, I've said that for years. Exactly. Edmonton is a troubled franchise from the inside. Uh, and Niall Yakupov is getting the blame for a lot of it right now. And I feel kind of really bad for Yakupov because it's not his fault at all. He was put in a pretty bad situation. So here is the story that they told me, or not, well, told their, their listeners, that in the draft that he was in, I think it was 2012, the GM, Jeff Tamberlini, went into the um, the draft room to discuss who nine other people wanted to draft and they were going to take a vote. So seven people in that the, their scout said to draft Ryan Murray first, who ended up getting drafted by Columbus. Yep. One person said Niall Yakupov. One person said Yakupov or Galchenyuk. So Tamberlini went to Kevin Lowe with that information and him and Mac- McTavish came back and said, no, we're drafting Yakupov instead of a defenseman and that goes to the point of us saying like why don't they ever draft defensemen because kevin lowe is an idiot and if if they get the first overall pick this year they're gonna take mm-hmm. austin matthews yep. and add yet another forward that they don't need and who, who they're not going to be able to develop well this is what i think i think if it was them i have a little more faith in shirelli uh oh, running Shirelli. things Right now, I like their coach too. I like yeah, McClellan. McClellan's great. I think he's going to really help out the team. And I mean, they're not that bad this year. Like they had lost. Last I knew, the most NHL games to injury this year. 
because like their top defenseman's been gone all year. Like Clefbaum hasn't even. I don't even know like what's going on with them. But like they should try and trade the first pick for something like a first. Like uh, one of the things that was uh, bounced around was trading the first pick if they get it to Arizona for Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah. Which I don't know if they would do that, but I mean, it's like an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, with at that. least throw it out there. I know they want Austin Matthews because he's an Arizona native. Exactly, and that would definitely help out. And I don't think Arizona is going to be bad for, I don't know, four years like Toronto. I think they're definitely on the way up. Yeah. But, like, like we talked about Edmonton, and it is, like, it's not their scouts' fault that the team is bad. It's just, like, the management that was there for so long was so, so bad. Yeah. And now we have, like, legitimate proof that there was, like, man, like, ownership getting involved which is a lot of issues with like for example vancouver with the aquilinis like they're having a lot of issues because of that and i just sort of feel bad for yakupov because he's had three coaches and like three gms his entire time there like he's being put on the third line playing on his off wing expected to produce and he's not producing because of that he's being like harped on partially probably because he's russian and like the players like Hall and Eberly, like and Nugent Hopkins are kind of getting away with a lot of the blame. And I just think that sucks. And I feel bad for Yakupov that he's gonna kind of getting shafted on here. Yeah. The Edmonton Oilers are one of the more fascinating teams to watch because it's such a train wreck sometimes. <laughs> and if they didn't have Connor McDavid, I don't even know where they would be. Yeah. I don't know. That was just some hockey stuff that I wanted to talk about. Also, Duncan Keith's a punk. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long they suspend him for. There was a list of stuff that he... Uh, like, granted, players do like stupid, stupid things, things and bad yeah. things all the, all the time. But there was like a long list of like offenses that he has done throughout his career that just like get pushed to the side because mm-hmm. it's Duncan Keith on the Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be interesting. It was pretty, pretty, pretty bad. I just wish he hit Parise or Suter. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I actually like Charlie Coyle. He was on my fantasy team for most of the year this year. So Co- Coyle is one of the few players in the wild that I still like. Yeah. So. Okay. Any other thoughts? <laughs> I got nothing. Do we want to take a break? Yeah, before please. Before we get into what please. we played, all right, we'll take a quick break and be back with what we played in just a moment. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 245 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, if you've li- liked what you listened to or if you've been listening for a while and haven't done so yet, uh, if you rate our podcast, I guess, on iTunes or Stitcher or what have you, uh, it goes a long way to help us get uh, more listeners and whatnot. So if you like it, give it a review. If you don't like it, eh, probably just don't give it a review, right? Or or just let us know and in uh social media private yeah you know not that we were we would change much of anything right mm, probably not <laughs> i'd we've, like to know we, if we, i suck we've kind of fell into like a format yeah probably not going to change too much no right maybe to our demise but whatever yeah. well i mean a lot of the, this is, we do this for fun so uh, but yeah, yeah. If you like it, and or if you're a new listener or a long time listener that hasn't given us a review yet, that that goes a long way in, in helping. Let's us out. be honest, we do it as an excuse to play video games. Lots of video games too. Yeah. Yep. 
Lots of video games. I can't, honey. I got to play the game for this week's main segment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh, you just outed me, Corey. God. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right, here we go. Uh, we are in what we played. Uh, should we start with Stardew Valley since we've all kind of been playing that? Sure. Still going strong. Uh, yeah. Um, I beat it. Yeah, Dan beat I it. Think, you beat it. I think. You saw credits? No, no credits, yeah. but I don't know that there is going to be credits. Hmm. Um, I, you, I, you're probably close to the point, Corey, so uh, we'll have a discussion probably once you reach there on okay. what beating, beating Stardew Valley means, but I don't know that there is a way you can, like, quote-unquote, see credits. It doesn't mm. seem that way. Um. I think to simplify it, we should do one of those things like you see credits or you play 30 hours, whichever comes first. <laughs> uh, I hit 73 hours on my Stardew Valley playthrough. Wow. That's 73, yep. Uh, I am a few days into spring of year three. So, uh, yeah, I love that game. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. I actually uh, played a little bit this past week. I actually only played one day this week, which is abnormal, but uh, it was yesterday, and it was mostly spent doing their relationship building thing. Mm -hmm. And I did a little bit of research. It turns out if you don't, it's based on, your relationships are based on these things called friendship points. And if you give a gift to a resident that they love, it gets plus 80 friendship points. If they just like it, it's like plus 45 or something like that. Mm -hmm. But you also get points just for talking to people. Oh, really? And if, if you don't talk to them, you get minus two friendship points. Huh. So that accounts for the, you know, you can lose heart gotcha. relationship with people if you just ignore them for too long. You don't lose any after they get to 10, though, I think. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'll take your word for it. I read that because... When I was trying to get married, I was trying to get all this stuff prepared, so I stopped giving gifts, and I looked it up. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Ooh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, but one of the things I, I did, I concentrated a little more on this week, is was doing um, some of the some of the relationship stuff, but also like some of the secret sort of stuff. Uh, and I came across a piece of dialogue when I was going to visit Krobus in the one of the shadow people in the in the sewer uh and yeah. I, it, he was having an argument with the dwarf um yeah i won't say but it, it involves the the war between the shadow they talk about the war between the shadow people and the and the dwarves and the wizard awesome. the wizard gets involved it's pretty neat um yeah cuz the wizard loves the void essence yeah which is a shadow people drop uh-huh so i could see that that's off that's awesome yeah I, I thought that was really cool um i got a i had a witch come through and do something to my coop and when i went out there i she had left a void egg did you get a void egg yet Corey? i have i have not i'm familiar <laughs> i'm familiar with that but that's awesome yeah that and still like like i said that happened to me uh was it last night so I was like probably 67 hours into the game and that was still something that hadn't happened to me yet. And that's one of the great things about Stardew Valley. 
Did you ever get the fairies to come and do things to your crops? Yeah, that happened to me once. Once. Never, in, never in happened to me. Two years. Hmm. I wonder if there's a certain set of circumstances that, like, maybe increase the rate at which that can happen. The, the I know spawn. if you plant a similar, the same crop in a three by three square, you are more likely to have them come and do their thing. Okay. Uh, so this summer that I'm in, I'm I'm still I'm maybe three quarters of the way through summer year two. Uh-huh. I planted all my crops in three by three squares, but I have yet to see. That's what I had been doing from the start. The fairies come to visit. Hmm. So I don't know. This is also foreign to me. Oh, it gets better the more you. I've play also it. I've also started. Uh, Instead of just like going to town and running into people and trying to give them something they love, I plan it out ahead of time. So like I'll, I'll determine where I'm going to go because it just gets tedious if you just spend the whole day giving gifts. Yeah, it really does. So I pick uh, a certain spot. Like one day I'll go to to Robin's house where there's Robin, Demetrius, Maru, and Linus is up there too, mm-hmm. and I'll get those four gifts that they love. And just make one trip and do it. And then the next day, do it again. And then the, the following day, find somewhere else to go because you can only give two gifts per week. Uh, and that's worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. The pink cake, a lot of people like. And I think Gus, the only place you can get that is from Gus or make it yourself, make right? Make it yourself, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I don't know good stuff it's, though it's really good stuff and once you build up a good enough relationship with people you can go in their rooms and there's just so many references to things that teach you more about that character like i went to harvey's room for the first time and he's got like stuff on anxiety and books on anxiety or something like that he's his the TV doctor was, right yep his tv was tuned to the history channel <laughs> Nice. It's I don't know. It's just like cool little things that I don't know how to phrase it, but like just doing that endeared me to Harvey that much more. And it's like, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, you know, bat left and and go after Harvey. <laughs> yeah. Can you? Is yeah, he one yeah, of yeah. El- yeah, I don't know. Single. If he's a, is he single? Eligible yeah. bachelor. I'm I'm ninety percent sure he's eligible. Okay. Cool. There, the un, the relationship stuff is actually really just important to learning the characters. I forgot who it was, but she was talking about her son. I think it might have been uh, Robin. She doesn't uh, have a son. Maybe it wasn't Robin. I can't remember which character it was, but she was talking Caroline? about her son. Well, it might have. Yes, it was. Is her uh, son Sebastian? Mm, oh no! I'm sorry. You're right. Robin's son is Sebastian. And she was talking about, apparently he smokes. And she was talking about how her son had a funny smelling cigarette in his room. <laughs> should should she be worried? And I was like, I know what that's a reference to. Yeah. Nice. Well, like Haley asked for the cucumber. <laughs> the c- <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of inappropriate. The way it's phrased and stuff, it's like, you know what it's for, don't ask kind of thing. Girls will know what this is for. Yeah. And then the the thing is, Haley will be pleased. Nice. There's um, uh, some adult humor in the game for sure. I actually ended up getting married to Haley um, this past week. So well done. What's her loves? She likes pink cake, sunflowers. Um, 
trying to think of the other two things. I never gave them to her, though. Oh, you just gave her things she liked, not loved? Uh, I gave her pink cake and sunflowers. Oh. That's pretty much what I gave her. But um, ha- uh, Haley's character arc is probably one of the most interesting in the game because she's a character that everybody's put off from, like reading from the forums, and I know Eric hated her and whatnot. But she's definitely the character that uh, changes the most and whatnot. Like once I started getting up there with hearts and stuff like that, she was t- like she used to talk about how she wanted to go shopping and that she hates the town because there's no mall and she has to travel for it. And then she started saying stuff like, "I don't really need these shoes or clothes anymore. Like I'm starting to donate them away and stuff like that." And she stops giving you a hard time about the farm life. She's like, "I think I could really enjoy like living on a farm and be like into that." She started taking like photographs of like the wild and stuff like that. Mmm. So yeah, she's her character that you see in the beginning is definitely not like her. That's I guess. interesting. They're also three dimensional. I feel the same way about Pam. Like oh, the drunk slob who's always <laughs> at the saloon. Bus driver, drunken but, bus driver. Yeah, but having played enough of Stardew Valley, I I do feel like there's a turn somewhere in there. And she actually said to me, she's like, I used to be like you kid. I had all sorts of heart hopes and dreams, and like oh. part of me just wants to marry her so I can see like see that turn out mm-hmm. you know it, it it's very fascinating just to see and i know when the guy was making the game he said he wanted to make characters that felt real and relatable so like i think he did yeah definitely fantastic fantastic job with it i do i will complain though i am married to Haley, and like at the events the like town events i don't stand next to her she still stands by alex which that's not cool. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like that. <laughs> when you're, you're out, when, when you're yeah. out working in the field, she has a uh, she has entertain entertainment or entertains. Yeah. Just, well, she doesn't leave the house ever. No, it's messed up, man. But yeah. uh, and she also gets jealous if you give too many gifts to um, other people. Really? Yeah. She's like, I saw you gave Leah a gift. Hmm. In secret, and I was like, no. So then I gave her a sunflower, and she stopped. <laughs> Here, honey. <laughs> nice. But, because I guess there is a jealousy mechanic in the game, and it does lower your heart rating by, like, the two, but, like, that's easily negated by just talking to her every day. So, huh. so if you're not talking to your wife every day, you're going to end up losing a heart. Can you break up? I don't know, but somebody on the forum said that he was married to somebody and then went on a date with Leah without his wife knowing. Cool. So I don't know the, how that works. I know the developer wanted it with his, uh, his patches and stuff, wanted to add more to the relationship type of stuff. Yeah. Fl- flesh that. that out a little bit more. Only, you know, make it more versatile, I guess, because, you know, getting to know characters is very well fleshed out, but... He said he want he wanted to like make it so you could like break up marriages if you wanted to end up marrying someone who was already Jody. Take, already taken. That would be insane. Jody and Kent that whole first year you can woo Jody <laughs> before Kent comes back. Steal the steal the soldier's wife while he's gone. Yeah. Well, how interesting of a dynamic would that? No, make? I like, agree. Like you you build this awesome relationship with Jody and then. Kent shows up in year two because when he comes to talk to you at your farm, he's a little bit aggressive. Yeah, yeah. In his introduction, yeah. Um, it'd be funny if like 
I don't know. That, Did by, they reference Kent? By the way, the whole year that they, he wasn't in the game. They do. Sebastian offhandedly mentions that his dad's away at war, and I didn't realize that was Kent until you just now brought it up. Oh, Sebastian's. Yeah, so Sebastian is not Robin's son. It's Kent's son. Yeah. Robin and Demetrius have Maru. Maru, yeah. Yeah. Who's the one that hangs out in the basement in that house? Sebastian? Why does he he live in that? Is it Sam? No, maybe it is Sebastian. Yeah, Dan's right. Sebastian is Robin and Demetrius is, is Robin's son. And then Robin and Demetrius together have Maru. Right? Who is this kid that I'm I'm thinking of? Well, Sam is Kent and Jody's son. Maybe the blonde. Seb- Sebastian yeah, goes Sebastian plays music with Sam. At okay. Jody and Kent's. That's probably where I got. Okay, that's where I got. Sebastian's like the like emo ish yeah. looking character, right? Dark haired, yep. yeah. Okay, gotcha. All right, that's where I got mixed up then. So it was Robin who said the the cigarette line. That Could be. Gotcha. All right. Robin likes honey. Ooh. No. I can't remember, but I know uh, Demetrius likes strawberries and Maru likes cauliflower. Loves, I should say. Loves cauliflower. Yeah. Really? Nice. Cauliflower tastes terrible. Not tomorrow. It's a good crap. Money. Money crap. No, blueberries are money crap. Well, yeah, the berries are just... <laughs> berries are OP. crap. Yeah. OP. OP berries. Yep. Can't wait for the expansion to this game. I was just thinking oh. that. I was just thinking that today. I'd be interested to see what they add in an expansion. That's uh, a thing I was thinking about, Dan. We were talking about like beating the game and, and credits rolling. Yeah. What credits? It's one guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to see. Yeah, you're right. It's true. Uh, Concerned ape, and that's all it'll say. Yep. Music by Concerned Ape. <laughs> okay. Anything else on Stardew Valley? No, I got nothing. Okay. Corey, we'll start with you then. What do you got? For uh, us? Just briefly, Zombie U, I played. My girlfriend's brother came over this past week and he wanted to play video games, and it was a very unsuccessful video game afternoon. Uh, I knew I had NHL 14 or 15 or whatever last year's was. But uh, we tried to play it, and the disc was too scratched. So that didn't work. And I was like, oh, I have Donkey Kong. I don't have Donkey Kong. I don't know why I said that. That didn't work. Uh, And he's like, oh, last time I was here, I played your Zombie U. And I was like, I haven't even played my Zombie U. But he had me booted up because he said he was too scared to play it. So I played a little bit of it. Uh, That's a really good game. It's a good shooter. And it's a good uh, use of the gamepad. Uh-huh. Maybe the only good use of the gamepad on the Wii U, and uh, because when you dig through your inventory and stuff, you're looking at the gamepad, yeah, and things are going on on the screen, on the game, yeah, above you, which is great. Mm-hmm. It adds and, to the tension of zombies being all around you and you fishing through your inventory. Yep, 
And uh, apparently that was too gimmicky because it's really the only game I can think of that utilized the gamepad in an effective way. Yeah. So Ubisoft. It was fine. Other than that, it was a it was an okay shooter. I played it uh you know, forty five minutes of it or so, and he had already gotten a little bit into the game and I just played his save. But uh yeah, it's good stuff. I was taking the uh the cricket stick cricket bat chopping zombie zombies head, heads off with it. Nice. It's good stuff. I got a gun, I shot some zombies, uh I got a Molotov cocktail, I threw it at a zombie. It was, it was it was some good stuff. I was really impressed with Zombie U, especially because that game came out four years ago at this point. Maybe even more. Yeah. Five years ago? Did it come out before we started this podcast? No. It was the launch title with the Wii U. Okay. Alright. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend it. I don't know if I'll ever play it again. Uh, I feel like I experienced Zombie U enough where I'm probably done with it. Uh-huh. So we'll see. But uh, Grim Dawn. Let's hear that. I've been playing a good amount of. uh, I'm level 16, I think, at this point. It's developed by Crate, who, from what I understand, licensed the Titan Quest engine. Hmm. Did you ever play Titan Quest, Dan? No, it's in my Steam library. Yeah, it's another uh, action RPG hack and slash game. Uh, But they they licensed the (laughs) engine for Grim Dawn. Uh, it's an indie studio. This wasn't published by anybody. It was all them, the developer. And it's another Diablo, Torchlight. I think Path of Exile is the most apt comparison. Uh, it's a very grim setting. Grim Dawn, go figure. Uh, loosely inspired by Victorian times. And actually, uh, Leif Johnson from PC Gamer, I was reading his review, described it best as medieval England meets Wild West. Ah. And the music is is very much that as well. Uh, But it's also really old school. There's not too many of the quality life enhancements of that type of game. Like in the Torchlight game, we got the, the pack mule kind of thing where you could put all your equipment on your animal or whatever and it would return to town and sell it. Uh, and that's also one of my biggest complaints against the game because I spent too much time returning to town to sell stuff when it wasn't like it just ruined the pace of the game because there was so much returning to town to sell stuff, sell stuff. Uh, it's been in early access on steam since May of 2013. Holy crap. Which is crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, and I only, I saw it when it released fully on Steam, like came out of early access and saw it had really good reviews. So I felt like I I needed to play it, Uh, especially as somebody who really likes those games. They do factions in the game. So if you're in a certain area, like you build a faction towards the people in that area and they give you, uh, you can interact with them in different ways by buying items that are only available to certain people of a certain faction level which i think is a little bit different for those games i don't think any of those other games do that but also the biggest thing going for grim dawn um is the custom customizability of it at the start of the game you pick whether you want a male character or a female character and that's it you start the game with that being your only choice and then from there, uh, you pick a, a class. Once you level up, you pick a class that you want to start pursuing. And then level 10, you pick another class. So you're dual classing, 
which gives you a lot of options for customizability. So <clears throat> when I first started, uh, I picked a male, and I gained a level, and I picked the Occultist class, which is kind of like a necromancer. So the skills I pursued were uh, one called Summon Familiar. Whenever I play these games, I like summon skills mm -hmm. because it lets your summons do the fighting for you while you can stand back and cast spells. Yeah. So yep. That's kind of what I was going for for this. I picked Summon Familiar, which is a raven that attacks. Uh, and then later on, I picked Summon Hellhound, which is a hellhound that comes up out of the ground and attacks. So I had two dudes... And uh, one of the raven's abilities, because there's skills within the skills, so the summon familiar, which is the raven skill, uh, was that. And then if you put points into that, it increases their damage and uh, defense and health and all that stuff. But there's also, once you level up to a certain point, you can start putting points into skills on top of those skills. So I gave my raven a healing skill. So not only was it doing damage with a range attack, it was healing me and my hellhound as well but all those every skill for the class is very useful and it always seems to pair really well with skills from other classes so you're doing the dual class thing because level 10 you, you pick a new class and start pursuing uh the skills within that those skills all pair really well so i have the two summons and then the next class i picked when i hit level 10 was the not pyromancer um demolitionist which is all about explosives so i gave uh my guy a gun and made my gun do fire damage so my two beasts were fighting the bad guys while i was firing my gun that did, did fire damage and uh one of the skills i picked up in the demolitionist class was called uh stun jacks so i'd throw my stun jacks down which would stop the enemies my two summons would attack them, and then I'd use a skill from my other class called Bloody Pox, which was an area of effect damage over time. So I'd have my two guys attacking the enemies that couldn't move because they were stunned while I had this Bloody Pox on them that was dealing damage over time uh, while I was shooting them. Nice. Right. Yeah, and it's like that's what this game is. Like the customizability is the the biggest part of the game, and and the most fun, in my opinion, uh, because you can do things like that, and everything seems to pair together really well. Uh, I only died once, which makes me feel like I'm really smart, uh, which may or may not be the case. Maybe <laughs> I just need to turn up the difficulty. I have it on the whatever the basic is, but on top of that, dual class system they have what's called the devotion system which is will it's kind of like path of exiles uh skill tree where mm. you just put points in here and there and it levels up certain abilities and stuff like that so not only are you doing the dual class thing you have an extra layer of customizability on top of that uh through the devotion system which is really cool how that works because you have to find shrines within the game they're called desecrated shrines and restore them by fighting waves of enemies. And once you restore them, you get a point in the devotion system. So that sort of manifests itself within the game itself. Is this like a game that I would be in love with? I think you'd really like it. I think anybody that likes the action RPG, the Diablos, the Torchlights, the, uh, the Path of Exile would, would really enjoy it. I'm not crazy in love with it uh, aside from that. I think it's good, 
but because I like that type of game, like I'll I'll keep playing it. But I I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to people that didn't like that type of game. I think I'd I'd recommend like Diablo or something mm-hmm. uh, as the most accessible triple mm. But it is also only twenty five dollars. So if you're looking to get your fix on that type of game, it's a it's a really good example of that. The story hasn't hooked me, and I think part of the problem with that is the voice acting isn't great. It's good. It's not great. Uh, it's not that bad, but it's one of those things that's like we've seen such good voice acting recently in games that when it's not good, it's noticeable. Optimal, it's noticeable. Yeah, yeah. and it kind of turns you off to what people are saying. You're just like, yeah, whatever. Just like click through. Uh, but I've been having a pretty good time with it. It's they do a really good job of the secrets that don't call attention to themselves. So if you're being one of the issues I had with Path of Exile was that I just thought it was boring. I don't know, Will, you played with me a lot, but like there were a lot of times playing it where I'm just like, I'm just bored. Like this is literally just me doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yes and no. But Diablo does it well and Grim Dawn does it well where if you're paying attention and like taking a minute to like look in every nook and cranny, you're rewarded for that. Uh, and Grim Dawn does it through the shrines. Which if you spend the time to look through an area, you find a shrine and you can restore it and you get the devotion point, uh, but also with secret areas. Excuse me. So now is there like a one like a is gold like the currency in this game? Or yeah. is there a BS like trading mechanic like there nope. was? No, okay. it's it's coins. Okay, it's, good. It's loot. You get a lot of loot. A lot of loot. That, and that's that why was, I said like my biggest complaint with the game is the fact that you constantly have to return to town. Um, I've gotten to the point where I'm only picking up magical items. So, uh, does okay, the, is, so there's more loot than Path of Exile. Does it feel worth it? Or is it just... Um, yes and no. Like I said, like you, you're, you're constantly picking up loot. Mm-hmm. And it depends... Like, it's weird because right off the bat, when I started that game, I didn't go the way they wanted me to. I was level one, and there's a way I should have gone, but I went a different way, and I started fighting, like, level four creatures, and that, like, boosted me up right away, and I found a bunch of good gear that way. But if you're playing the game, like, on curve, I don't think you're going to get... You're never going to get overpowered loot because a lot of it has uh, restrictions based on your stats. There's three stats. There's physique, cunning, and spirit Mm -hmm. uh, that tie into all your abilities. And you're never going to loot something from somebody that's way better than your level that you can equip because there's always a restriction on it that you need to meet. Okay, I gotcha. So it's one of those things. It's just like it's finding the best rarity of item pretty much is what it comes down to. Gotcha. Okay. I don't. I don't even know if there's like a farming mechanic. If there's like a certain boss, because I think once you defeat something, it doesn't return. But I've, not I've been sure. reading there. There is like farming. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of like unnecessary caves and basements and stuff you can go into just to find bosses. Uh, and again, that makes the the exploration aspect of it worthwhile. It's a cool game. Nice. Yeah, it sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, Will of all uh, of the of all you guys is the one I would recommend it to the most. It's 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 really cool. It's especially if you like that kind of game. It's definitely worth the twenty five dollars. 
I'm in then. Good sales job, Corey. I know. Was it Tito who said we would really like it, or was it? No, it was. I think it was somebody else, different listener. But shooting the gun, I have a rifle. It's great. It's such a good feeling. It's not <laughs> quite to the extent that shooting the rifles in division, the division is, but for an action RPG, it's it's a pretty good feeling. It's nice. a different kind of good feeling. Yeah. Okay. Anything else, Corey? Mm, Hearthstone. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to talk about Hearthstone. There's a game. <laughs> I love I wanna, Hearthstone, though. I want to play some Hearthstone. They had a, you should play Hearthstone. They had a, a really good tavern brawl this week. It was, uh, how was it phrased? Like, you must be this tall to Hearthstone or something like that. And it was, uh, you could use any spell you wanted in your deck within your class, but you could only use minions that cost seven mana or more. Was the tavern brawl. That's Jeez. Cool. So that must have been pretty interesting then. Well, yeah, everybody immediately went with mage, or at least that was the popular choice because the mage spells are so powerful and they have like unstable portal and uh, I forget the one that you cast and it gives you two zero two minions with taunt. Uh, but I went with paladin because their hero power gives them a one one minion, and so I went with that but it gave myself a bunch of buffs like uh the forget the name i forget the name of the spells now but there's one that gives you like plus four plus four there's one that gives you plus three to attack and divine shield uh so i was able to get those one ones on the board and buff them quick enough to do enough damage to destroy the mage before the mage got to their levels or seven mana minions it's a good game man it's really good it's great I, oh yeah, you you've talked me into wanting to play Grim Dawn and Hearthstone now. Yeah, play Grim Dawn and Hearthstone with me. All right, fine, do it. Anything else, Corey? I played Rocket League right before we started recording, which reminds me, I think we have a, a feedback about it. Uh, I I need to sign up for the championship. Uh huh. But we'll get there. Okay. Will, would you play? Hmm. To be honest with you, uh, I think Stardew Valley and Clash Royale were the only two things that I played. I've been meaning to get back to Heroes of the Storm because there's a new character that I wanted to play. Um, I honestly haven't even played the last character that they released. Falling behind. Too much stuff coming out right now. Yeah. If you get too far behind, too, you're not going to have an easy time going back. No, it's not. And, like... Because this month we've got, what, Dark Souls, Uncharted, Ratchet and Clank. Um, at least for me, I'm getting Ratchet and Clank. Salt uh, and Sanctuary. Salt and Sanctuary, Bravely Second, right? Or is that yep. May? No, I think that's that's April. That's April. And um, there's something else. I can't think of it. I'm still playing The Division, Stardew Valley, Fire Emblem. Uh it's, actually, there is something else. Let me see if I can find out. I have my video game list charted out oh nice for what oh Star Fox is it yeah no. Star Fox comes out this month yep or April so, so Quantum Break that's so. what I'm thinking of and then early May I'm getting Battleborn oh, sorry and then Overwatch like, yeah there um Valkyria Chronicles too in May Valkyrie Chronicles 2? It's or the, the remastered. 
the remastered for PS4. I would play it on my PC, and maybe Corey, you can give me an input on this. And Dan, <laughs> I'm stalling because Corey's busy. Uh-huh. But Dan, what do you think? Do you think Valkyria Chronicles on a like console, big TV remastered would be better than more worth it than uh, playing on a computer? Mm. I, I depends on your personal preference. Because I feel like this game. I don't want to say would benefit from that, but would feel, I don't know, feel better on with the 60 frames and the, you know, just the remastered feel on the PS4. Yeah. I mean, like it was when I play it, cause I'm, I'm, I'm big on frame rate. Uh, I don't yeah. see how it would make a huge difference mm-hmm. cause it's, it's a strategy game, you know? Yeah. Um, I, you have to aim a little bit, but it's all like kind of slowed down you know now this is a long game so i might be more comfortable yeah it's I've, all of probably 30 hours i would think because my pc setup is just not the slightest your, bit comfortable. your chair's awful yeah awful it's better than the last one that i had too <laughs> you should get uh an hdmi cable to run from your computer to your tv I should. I've been saying I was, I was going to do that. It's not that I, far. The The hard part for me is sitting somewhere that'll be comfortable for me to use a mouse and keyboard at a TV, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you can use a controller for Valkyria Chronicles. I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, And more true. more and more games nowadays are getting controller support. That's true. It wouldn't work for Stardew Valley. I tried the controller with Stardew Valley, and it's not doesn't work well. What? No. Yes, it does. I didn't think it did. I use it. Weirdo. I think it works great. Corey also uses a controller for literally every game. Yeah. Yeah, because my wrist hurts when I use my crappy little uh, <laughs> 1992. You uh, do need a new mouse, Corey. Dell mouse. I don't know. It's it's a hunk of junk. Sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still not sold on keyboards making a huge difference. Uh, I know they they do for you know a lot of people, but um, having a good mouse is is a must. Corey, well, do you think I should experience Valkyria Chronicles the remastered on my big TV on PlayStation Four or play it on PC? I think you would get most of what you're going to get out of that game on PC just fine. Here's the thing: it's gonna it's gonna save you money. It's forty bucks that you don't have to spend because I already own it. You just play my copy. Yep. Yeah, well, I already it, own it too. The most beautiful part of that game, too, in my opinion, are the pencil graphics, mm-hmm. which aren't going to gain anything by it being remastered. I don't think. It's just the only thing that I'm weighing is. I don't like sitting at this computer <coughs> computer for more than like two hours. I don't blame you. Yeah, I would. I would just get get a long cable to run to your TV. Yeah, your computer's in the same room as your TV that you game on. Just get a long HDMI cable, and you're done. True, that is true. Uh, Amazon has them for like eleven bucks. Yeah, they're for cheap. like a twenty footer. Yeah, you guys are probably right. I'm not. I, think I mean, that's if a you, huge waste of money. Honestly, I think I think it's a huge waste of money. That it's more for people that 
don't have access to it otherwise, you know, the mm-hmm. the re- re- remaster. Re- Which don't get me wrong, if you don't have access to it otherwise, I think it's a good price point. Sure. Remastered. You guys might have just swayed me then. Well, you can use, well, I don't know what it costs, but you can use that 30 bucks or 40 bucks on something else, another game, you know. Well, yeah, like you said, $11 for an HDMI cable instead of buying the game and then you have an HDMI cable plugged into your TV for all those those other purposes. Yeah, no, you guys are right. Much to my chagrin. <laughs> I would say, you know, you can get the digital version for, so you and Eric can play it, but I, I can imagine Eric would only play it for like an hour, you know? It's not yeah, not I really his, his his type of game. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he would like it. Um, well, there's, I mean, there's a lot of cutscenes and, and, and talking in it. And oh, I yeah. know that's not his... He doesn't in japanese really like Well, he did like The Order. That's not japanese That's true. That's true. Eric's not a big anime, sort of. No. Sort of guy, so. I don't know. I've got time to decide. I think I'm leaning towards your guys' way, though, definitely. I'm cheap, so I would go the route that would say you don't have to buy it again, you know? It's true, yeah. Um, That's it for me, though, I don't think. Okay. Um, I I have two two quick things. I've been playing The Division, obviously. Um, still really liking the division. I played some Far Cry Primal again. Wow. Yeah, I tried. It was it last night or the night before. I, I one of the times when my daughter woke me up and I went to play video games. Uh, the division servers were down, so I was like, oh. "Crap, what, what am I going to play?" And I wanted to play because so, because it was late and I was tired. I wanted to play something uh, more actiony than than Stardew Valley. You know, Stardew Valley is like really relaxing and the music's kind of quiet. I wanted to play something loud and uh, you know, lots of crap going on. So I fired up far cry primal to play again um i like it it's not great but i like it thoughts, uh, thoughts remain the same thoughts remain the same yeah it hasn't hasn't changed for me i still want to beat it uh like i said oh and you know how idaho jake challenged me to beat assassin's creed 3 i bought that uh <laughs> to play so i'm gonna oh, nice. revisit assassin's creed 3 i'm kind of scared Ugh. Um, because... Is there something you can do to skip through like the first five hours? <laughs> I don't think so. It's not that that it's not that for me. It's the the how horrible the controls are, <sighs> especially now Assassin's after Creed playing games. the most recent couple of games. Yeah, because Syndicate was pretty good. Dan, you know I had three right. Already I don't think Steam? I don't think I can play because Ubisoft uses UPlay DRM. You're right. I don't think I can play your. Um, your your Steam game, Ubisoft Steam games, because I can't play uh, your Watch Dogs. Yeah, on PC, so it was only ten bucks, and so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, because they did the Assassin's Creed sale. Because I got Unity. Yeah, so I, I want to try and play all of them. I thought about getting that one too, and I already have Black Flag, so I didn't need to buy that. Yeah, so I have that on my UPlay account. I got that for free when I got my. GTX 970, I think, or was it my 760? Oh yeah, because they were giving the game out at the time, right? With or bundling it with the graphics card. Yeah. So, uh, there's that. That's all I played. Feedback. Yeah. Here. All right. This is feedback from Idaho Jake. Maybe. There we go. 
says, hey guys, all I really have to report is I finally got my platinum trophy for Fallout 4, and I have to give credit to a podcast called Fallout Off the Record for the quick 100% happiness. Uh, it was easier than you think. All you need to do is get one settler, build the best bar, and assign him to it. Build a lot of defense, put at least 20 days of food and water in the workshop bench, and wait. I watched the wit. I watched the witch. It was weird. I also watched Ten Cloverfield Lane, and it was pretty damn good. Well, that's it for me. Later, boys. Familiar with either of those? The witch. Huh? The no, witch I'm not movie? familiar with either. And then Ten Cloverfield Lane, the movie. I haven't seen that. I heard that, that was pretty good. I liked Cloverfield, but I don't know how much it has to do with Ten Cloverfield Lane. I think very little. Yeah, I, I know. It's isn't it like supposed to be like technically in the same universe, but I guess. Spiritual successor? <laughs> no. Not at all. I think it's a different kind of movie. Oh. Even. But more importantly, the platinum trophy for Fallout Four. Yeah, well done, Jake. Yeah. Well that done. seems that was... like uh a lot of work and I'll give a little clamp here. Especially well done, for that Jake. game. Well done. It's impressive. Hey, I liked Fallout 4. It's alright. Screw it's you guys. Okay. It's an alright game. I'd put it in the same category as like uh, Assassin's Creed 3. No. <laughs> Not even close. How dare you. It's okay. It's an okay game. It's alright. It's alright. It's average. Yeah, it's average. That's how I feel about it. Has some good moments. Has a lot of not good moments. Let's talk about Fallout Four for the next hour. I haven't really pooped on it yet. This episode, I've been doing that the last like fifteen episodes. Play Fallout Three or New Vegas. Those are incredible games. Yeah. All right. Yawn. Tito from LA says, I finally beat Rise of the Tomb Raider. Hey. Man, well done, sir. Well done. Uh, man, oh man, is that game amazing. Longer than I would have expected, which I'm not going to complain. Uh, this is one of the best examples I can think where you rate a game based off what the developer was trying to achieve and if they are able to deliver on their vision. And they pass with flying colors. Not only that, but the game was incredibly well polished as far as I can tell. They gave us action, adventure, RPG elements galore that weren't in the first game, like all the crafting capabilities and side missions, and improved upon the feedback from the first game in giving us a lot of tombs to explore. I also loved all the outfits you could craft. It sucks how this game will be forgotten for the most part, but it easily replaces Uncharted 2 as one of the best games I've played, maybe cracking the top 10 now that I'm pushing Uncharted 2 down my list, when it used to be my number 3 favorite game ever. Been playing The Division with my cousin. Finally got some Dark Zone experience. Not much else to talk with that game. Still playing Rocket League. Sent out the URL to sign up with the team if Eric and Corey are still interested. Let's be a part of fun history, then get knocked out in the opening rounds. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I'm with you, Tito. Uh, to- Rise of the Tomb Raider was an amazing game. I really I thoroughly enjoyed every every minute I played of it. Definitely. It was, it was great. Uh, I actually want to revisit it now that they've done the DirectX 12 patch and see if it apparently it improves frame rate i talked about it a few weeks ago but the developers when they quoted the frame rate increases used my exact processor and my exact graphics card so i should see at least a 15 frames per second increase in my performance so that'd be cool but yeah a great game totally agree 
Yeah, I'm with you. I loved that game in every minute I played of it. It's uh, in the lead, I guess, for, uh, what, 2015's 2016 game of the year? Definitely. Depending on how we how we figure uh, how we figure out the awards at the end of the year. Well, I technically <sighs> did play Life is Strange in 2016. What do you mean? That's up for my 2015's oh. 2016's Oh, come on. What? <clears throat> played like the last episode in 2016 i actually really liked the last episode no. you nut oh what is Corey gonna start hating life is strange now it's a terrible game <laughs> hot garbage uh and then tito goes on to say answering the question of the week best dlc i've played uh he says which isn't many is probably lair of the shadow broker for mass effect 2 and the Citadel for Mass Effect 3. I'm challenging Will Murtha to play the Citadel DLC because it was awesome, and one of you guys needs to play it and see how awesome of an ending it adds to the Mass Effect series. Uh, I, it's like a really, really awesome sequel to a Die Hard film or something. Did Let's I, see. I'm, I think I might have played... No, I don't think I played... I remember, I, I remember Tito talking about this like back, back in when the I, day. When... Yeah, the Citadel. I was supposed to play it, but then I ended up selling my 360 for my new console stuff. Gotcha. So that's why I never played it, but I do have it on uh, Origin, I'm pretty sure. I think I got all the DLC with it. So maybe maybe I'll get to it when I try to do Because I'm going to do a Mass Effect playthrough before Andromeda comes out. Yeah. So maybe. I'd like to do the same. Yeah. Oh, I... I'm. I don't think I played it. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think any of us have. I wanted no, to. We haven't. No, we, none of us have. And I thought. I thought Will had played it. So, if he says no, then nope. <laughs> there was one with a similar name that I played. It must have been a Mass Effect Two DLC because I'm pretty sure I played all that. Um, I'm trying to go to the Mass. Well, the Mass Effect Three was Leviathan. I don't think I did any mm-hmm. of those. I think there was one more. Bring down the sky. Pinnacle Station, Cerberus Network. I did all those for Matt. That's Mass Effect Two, right? One, one. Arc Projector, Firewalker Pack, Equalizer Pack, Overlord, Aegis Pack, Firepower Pack, Lair I, of the Shadow Broker. I think Overlord is what I'm thinking of. Genesis Arrival. Yeah. That was two. Yeah, I played all those. From Ashes. Leviathan. Omega, Citadel, Genesis 2. What was Omega? Omega! November 27th, 2012. Two temporary squad mates, five missions, two locations, two enemies. Uh, La 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 la. That was multiplayer deal. Omega has been seized by one of Cerberus' most accomplished and brilliant agents, General Oleg Petrovsky. And Arya Tlok is plotting her revenge to reclaim her domain. She must team up with Commander Shepard. I played that one. No, I didn't. I don't know. God dang it. That honestly does not ring a bell. But I feel like I played two DLC packs uh, of Mass Effect 3. Uh, and the third one, which was Citadel, I never played. Now I'm salivating for Mass Effect. Salivating. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh, well. Good stuff. Thanks, Tito. Yeah. Uh, and thanks, Jake. Let me double check and make sure we didn't get any other feedback elsewhere. 
because, um, you know. Not sure we did. I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. I don't see anything, Dan. Okay. We're good then? Uh, Jeffrey says on our Stardew Valley post, can't remember if it was Corey or Will who mentioned the way a game can blend into real life, but oh, just yeah. today I was heading into the grocery store trying to remember who I needed to buy a pale ale for. Then it hit me. It was Pam in Stardew Valley. Yeah. He used to say, <laughs> I bought it and drank myself. Drank nice. myself. Sorry, Pam. <laughs> well That's done. Awesome. Yeah. I believe that was you, Corey, that was saying that it blended yeah. into everyday life. Yeah, it was, because uh, I was talking about the storm <laughs> the storm I had outside my apartment and uh, being really excited because my lightning rods would collect battery packs. And I remembered, oh, no, that's... That's not how it works. That's, that's not, not real. what happens here. It's fantasy life. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, no idea what we're going to be doing for next week, right? Grim Dawn. Grim Dawn. I don't know that I'm going to be able to play it before then. Uh, what comes out next week? Anything? Uh, Hyperlight Drifter comes out at midnight Pacific tonight. I don't know enough about that to determine whether we can do an episode about it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that anything comes out early next week. How about Stardew Valley Part 3? <laughs> uh, I could do a Part 3. You put 73 hours into a game, you can, you know, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we should say if you've made it this far in the episode, we're real close to setting another record month of downloads. Yeah. So, uh, download some more episodes. Yeah. Yeah, because this episode won't go up until probably Thursday or tomorrow night. Yep. Uh, Because we're at our bandwidth cap. And there's, like, if we're close, I can just compress it at a... Uh, lower bit rate and it'll be a smaller file size but uh we're almost two and a half hours here so i don't want to try to compress it to fit it into 30 megs typical that would not work so we'll wait and post it tomorrow i think at eight o'clock is when when the uh cap resets so really yeah because it's U- it's uk time yeah so it's midnight there they don't do daylight savings over there do they uh i don't think so they're smart. We should get rid of that. It's stupid. Uh, I don't know. I don't mind it. All it does is I ruin my life it, during but, the spring. Yeah, all this is confusing. I'll give you. Yeah, because some states don't do it. So. All right. Any other thoughts? Oh, Fantasy 15 looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. it does. It sure does. Uh, back to Thursday next week, too. Right, Corey? Yes. Yes. Uh, and hey, the internet's starting to run crappy now, so it's a perfect time to end the episode, huh? I heard a sound effect. <laughs> yeah. All right, that'll do it for episode 245 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Well. Corey. Corey. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement.